Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lion's Breath Movement podcast. I'm your host, Owen. Um, it is Sunday here in uh, Danbury, Connecticut, and um, we are on episode 35. Kevin fucking Seaman. Yo. Can you believe we're on episode 35? I feel like I say this all the time when we start the podcast. Yes, because I'm Italian and I like to talk a lot, so it, it doesn't surprise me at all that we have problems speaking. <laughs> yeah, I know. Listen, um, so guys... For the past probably, I don't know, four or five weeks, we've had a guest. And I've got a great guest here today. Um, but before that, I want to do just some housekeeping real quick. Um, I want to re- remind everybody that we are on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher. YouTube. YouTube, as as uh, Seaman says, Stitcher. Stitcher. Um, which is fantastic. I also want to, and I talked about this in the last podcast, CrossFit Danbury, May 9th, okay? Very, very important CrossFit competition for myself, for the gym. Um, we are going to uh, have a CrossFit competition. The price is 120 um, partner. Per team, same-sex partners. 120 um, is buy-in for it. If you register prior to April 11th, you get a shirt as well. It's to benefit the Michael J. Fox Foundation uh, for Parkinson's. Uh, workouts and standards have not been released yet, but as a heads up for anybody that listens to the podcast, we do know that one of them is going to be a clean ladder, which is really cool. And we're trying to really promote the old school local comp feel and the, all three of the workouts are going to have a regionals style feel to them. So they're going to be aesthetically set up differently than just a little box area to work out in. They're going to be utilizing the entire gym and hopefully some of the outdoors as well. Yeah, definitely. So uh, listen, guys, as Kevin said, this is a very, very important competition for myself because, again, we are going to be donating money to the um, Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. Um, And um, we're really excited about it. And my goal is to raise $10,000. So um, if you guys have been listening to me or following me on Instagram um, at the Lions Breath Movement or on Facebook at the Lions Breath Movement, um, I ran the New York City Marathon in 2017 with my wife to raise money for um, Parkinson's. We raised like seven grand. Um, I got my fucking ass kicked by my wife, and I didn't realize how terrible a marathon is. It brings wait, back like wait till you talk to our guest. The marathon's going to sound like baby work. All right, so, wait till you talk to our guest. But um, uh, uh, one other thing too, uh, we're talking about an event, but we don't tell people I get involved. Uh, look up CrossFit Danbury on Facebook, and you will find a link to the event on the CrossFit Danbury Facebook uh, page. And you can also look us up on Eventbrite.com. Yeah, Eventbrite.com. It's called the Spring Mayhem is the name of the event, and it's hosted by CrossFit Danbury. Uh, you can also look up Beyond Reason Fitness, which is me. On, which is Kevin. Which is me. Beyond Reason Fitness. Uh, well, yeah, actually, Beyond Reason Fitness 203 we, is we, me. We Beyond a- Reason Fitness is Ryan Hall, but I have links to the event as well on my Instagram page. Yeah, so we'll have links there. And guys, listen, um, if you're in the UK... And you want to fly in for this? That would be fucking awesome. Or Singapore, awesome. apparently. Or Singapore. Or Singapore. Uh, or you're in Canada. We got people listening in Canada. Why don't you make the ride down here? Yeah, like we got. Uh, if you talk to us beforehand, I mean, I got couch space, like and stuff. Just make sure that I know you before you, you show up. Would you allow like a random person to? Stay as on long, I would allow a random person to come down as long as I have spoken with them previously. I won't let somebody like hit me up the week before that I don't know. Would you do like a background check? 
Uh, kind of, you just, you can creep on face social media easily enough to see what their real life is like. Because we used to do that in obstacle course racing uh. a lot. Because it was, you know, widespread throughout the world. And you don't always want to get a hotel room. Uh, you would just find like-minded people. And you connect with them. Right. And I've stayed at friends' houses and vice versa. I've had, and I've made some great friends that way too, believe it or not. I've made some uh, very good friends that way. Um, you just have them on your couch. Literally, did came over, hung on the couch, and they became good friends for years and years now. That's awesome. Uh, so listen, guys, uh, if you're listening to this and you need a place to stay, Kevin's house is open. Um, there is no uh, fee involved. He just needs to just talk to you beforehand and yeah. just make sure, you, make sure you're, you're not, you're not gonna... the kind of dude or chick that's going to come over and skin me and then raid my fridge. Yeah. And kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so listen, guys. Uh, got the housekeeping out of the way. I also want to thank our sponsor today, Lenny and Larry's, The Complete Cookie. Because um, Kevin needs gains. So I want to thank them for providing one cookie for Kevin. And um, <laughs> Out of my own wallet. They're really good. They're yeah, really, they're really, really good. good. They're really good. Now, housekeeping out of the way. I want to introduce our guest. Um, Dave Martin is our guest. Dave, how the hell are you doing today? <laughs> I'm great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for yeah, no, absolutely. Me on, uh, the podcast. Absolutely. So, Dave, quickly, I know about your about you. Tell the audience something. You know, tell a little background on some of your accomplishments, what you're doing right now ah. in the present day. Sure. So, uh, so I'm elite amateur triathlete, um, two time Team USA competitor. Uh, I've been doing triathlon for probably seven years, mm-hmm. six to seven years. Um, occasionally, bike around the lake with this guy Kevin over here. But he means bike around the lake. <laughs> him and my buddy Ryan go bike around the lake, and I meet him at the end for beers because which is nobody fantastic. can keep up with these weirdos. So uh, yeah. actually, I want to because I've been on this fucking lake and I biked around that. I have my Incredible. bike right out here. Yeah, he comes up with me all the time. Owen does. So, so great. Um, <laughs> Your how, bike's been here for two months. How so? How big is that loop? Seven point seven. Yep. Okay. 7. How 7. fast are you doing that? I want to talk about. Oh. No, I want to talk about this. Talk we about we about can it. talk about how fast I do it, but then we can actually talk about the record around the lake, which is somewhere around sixteen minutes, a little more than sixteen minutes. It's over thirty miles an hour. Impressive. impressive. Really? Yeah. There's very I, little elevation gain, but it is. That's it's technical. Just asinine. It's, yeah, technical. it's technical. It's being able to read the turns and accelerate out of the turns and shift the bike properly. It's. It's it's practice. But. So you're so you're saying like if I was just stopped by and had my bike and I never done that loop, I couldn't do it at, at like sixty minutes. I need to know the loop. Well, unless you're Lance Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, true, and true. unless you're taking some EPO and some other banned substances, you can maybe go sixteen. That's crazy. Maybe yeah. that guy was. We don't know. Who knows? Who, who's who knows? this guy? <laughs> John Monson. John Monson, you met John? East. You I've, met John. You know John. Right? I know John. Okay. Have you you yeah. met John? I've not met John, but I've I've heard I hear about him through you guys. He's just famous on Strava leaderboards in the area. Really? Yes. Yeah. Do you know about Strava? No, I know nothing about no, it. We talk. Okay. Ma- we we haven't had any triathletes on here historically. Yeah. Sure. No. Uh, we've had some people, uh, male and female, both from the bodybuilding industry. Yeah. We've had people from the CrossFit industry as well. And I'm, is... I, I'm not a triathlete. I just talk about it from a hobby standpoint, sure. not from a technical st- or knowledge sure. based standpoint. So uh, I just to go back quickly to introduction, just so you have things we could talk about. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, I'm going to the World Championships this year in Edmonton, Canada. That's for amazing. Team USA, which will be fantastic. Last year was in Switzerland, and it was a great time. Finished uh, 13th in my division in the so, world, which was very cool. So how do you uh, how do you get onto the team? Like how do you what do you have to do? Great question. So you go to the USA National Championships, which is uh, in one spot for two years, and then they change usually to a different state. So last year it was in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And in your age group, you need to place top 18. And then you have to accept a spot wow. when they when they roll it down to you. And what's the – so talk talk to the audience about the mileage. Like what are you doing for the race? So some, some people don't know about it. Sure. Oh, and is this is this Olympic distance? Uh, because there's so many different – I know. There there's are. so many different distances yes. for triathlons. And yes. that's a good question too because our audience wouldn't know that as well. Right. Yeah. So a sprint distance is going to be anywhere around half-mile swim – uh, 11 to 13 miles on the bike and then a 5k mm-hmm. and then the olympic distance is what what i did in switzerland last year that's a mile swim that's 26 miles on the bike and then it's a 10k which is a little over six miles so you can go yeah it, there's world championships for every distance but specifically with the international triathlon union uh those are the two distances that happened at the event that i was at gotcha last year. gotcha yeah. yeah so i did the um like i said i did a sprint triathlon uh this was probably in the summer i think Oh no! I don't End know. of summer. End very, of summer. Very, very late. But um, where was it? It was in Rhode Island, and I um, oh. it was half. No, it was this half a mile signing, in I'm the water. Jump you in? Yeah. yeah, no, no. This jackass signed up. Super pumped. I'm gonna do a sprint triathlon. He didn't even know the course at all. He just signed up for it. It's in Rhode Island because it. it was close to where it was open water, ocean swim. Yeah, yes. and he had not swim swam before. Was it Misquamacit? Was it that? It area? was Narragansett Beach. Uh, uh, so it was right in Narragansett Beach, and also too, uh, I shit my pants like two days or three days before leading up to it because a like Kevin said, I was only training in the pool and the lake. Huge, More right? Luck. He's Big never difference. been in the ocean. So never been in the ocean and. The day before, we had this massive storm, and they canceled races because there was fucking there was waves this like twenty feet in the air. Yeah, the current and the waves can be atrocious. Atrocious. Yeah. And I remember, dude, like I remember um, getting down to the beach, and I was like, dude, I, I'm gonna fucking shit my pants. Like, I'm not gonna be able to do this this ocean swim. Yeah. Because there's like, I mean, you could talk more on this, but like, you know, there's so many people in the water. So many. And yeah, they're, they're like, oh, this is great. The water is, like, nice and calm. I was like, this fucking, this doesn't look calm. <laughs> you know? And so, it's not calm when other people are swimming over no. top of you. You're getting the goggles and, kicked off your oh, head. Oh, yeah. So that was the worst part. When I first started, I, I, I had no idea. Yeah, it's so, a fight. You are. It, it is a fight. arms race. Yeah, so my thing was, I waited until everyone went. Because I saw people, like, diving Smart. and, you know, and I got, I got clubbed. Yeah, you know, smart move. Yeah. Incredibly smart. Or go all the way to the left or go all the way to the right, yeah. but just try to stay away from the pack of people. Yeah, exactly. Try to stay away from the pack of people. And also, I was uh, relying on some advice from Kevin. It was like, because in the ocean, if you, like, Kevin was always like, focus on one thing so you don't drift off. Like, sure. you know when we do the pool, when you taught the you well, you taught Ryan the pool drills and Ryan taught me the pool drills. Right. Sighting for sighting. Yeah. It's called sighting. Oh, sighting, yeah. Sighting, yeah. So, um, let's, let's get back into you. So, um, now, are, are you currently training for the, the championship, the yeah. world championships? I'll give, you, I'll give you an example of my schedule for the year. So I'm, I'm part of a team out of New York City called Full Throttle Endurance. Mm-hmm. It's an in- incredibly talented team. Uh, 
probably one of the best elite amateur teams in the country. Um, we won four team championships last year at different races. Mm-hmm. And the way our schedule usually works is we all go down to South Beach in Miami in April, and we compete in the South Beach Triathlon. I th- we've won the team championship there, I think, the last 11 years. Where's that? Uh, South Beach, Miami. Okay. And uh, so currently training for that, and then I'll be repeating at Ironman 70.3 Connecticut. Are we you, don't want no, you, no, fuck no, really? my dude. You're, you're, you're about to ask you're if I was going to do like a, fuck no. Wait, so what is that? that? Did you do that last year? That's the yeah, one that I did last Iron year. I, yeah, my buddies, do you know how easy it was Je- for, for Jeff and Ryan are like, yo, Kevin, what? We should do an Ironman. Yeah, fuck it, I'm in. Then I'm like, then I'm like, what did I just commit? I, I'm so easy to sucker into shit. Yeah. And that, so I'm like, okay, fine. But you I want to do it. You committed. Well, so you well, how long is that? Give me the mileage on that. Oh. Well, so it's usually 1.2 mile swim, but the fog was so dense that the visibility yeah. was only 50 feet. And we started an hour late, yeah. more than an hour and, late. And it. It is true, but people do pass away during the swim in triathlons. I had three people pass away in races last year that I was in during. Really? The yes. Pass away? Yeah. Yeah. So from uh, they'll they'll say it's a cardiac event. Uh, usually, that's the blanket term that they'll they'll use for people passing away during the swim. But it, it could be drowning. It could be. Um, it could be a cardiac event just because it's a shock to the system. And Dude, like, I'm glad I didn't talk to you easy, before I went. It's yeah. very easy in distance swimming. <laughs> I'll admit this because I just started last year distance swimming with Ryan. That when you get to a certain point, even if you have a pull buoy, which is a safety precaution that we take. It, you literally just pull a buoy that you can stop and float on if you have to. But even with that... When you start getting fatigued in the water, it's very easy to get into your own mind. Yeah, it's very easy to to panic in the water, and that's the that that's a big big thing that I could see facilitating those kind of injuries. So they cut down to an 800 meter swim, but it was an 800 meter swim, 56 miles on the bike, and then it's a half marathon. So half marathon, shit, man. So that's that's fucking crazy. It's a long day. It's a long day. How fast did you do it? Uh, four oh nine. How fast did you do it? Let's talk about how these assholes. <laughs> no, oh, so wait, how? No, 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 no. How fast did he do it? Four oh nine. And okay. then Ryan Hall, uh, wait, my, my, one of my best friends. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let me just wrap my four, head around. He this. did all of that in four hours and nine minutes. Holy all of it. fuck! I ran yeah. the New York City Marathon. So you're running a marathon? Half. It's a half, oh, half. marathon. Okay. Half yeah, marathon. but after you but, bike 56 fucking miles and swim a mile. Yeah, that's cr- fucking no. crazy. It was a competitive field. There were over 2,000 people in the race. It was a big field. There were a lot of people there. It was not cool. Well, so I want <laughs> I want you to answer my question. He did four hours. You did. Calm down. First, we're going to get we're gonna <laughs> he get here. <laughs> he did four hours and nine minutes. Doesn't surprise me. But Ryan Hall did 440, 430. It might have been somewhere around and there. Right in there. He, he was sub five. He, he did was, a great job. Yeah, he did, he did well, a great Smash job. it too. This is, I had uh, one fucking this is rule. friend. Me and my buddy Jeff knew we were going to be around the six, six and a half hour mark. I did it I did it just under six. Why are you I looking think. at me? I, I, yeah. I'm trying to remember. What, what the fuck, dude? Oh, you know I'm your time. Well, you're, you're, uh, listen, I couldn't remember shit back then. I think it was just under six I came in. And I had one rule. I'm like, Ryan, you had an hour and a half to do shit. All that I need is a beer and some pizza, all right? Because this is normal for you, and this is miserable for me. Like, if you look at a dude like me on the start line to this event, I look like a monster, okay, compared to these guys. What do you mean? Like, Like, I look look jacked. Because these guys are like, it's a different body dynamic. You train, it's a different body type. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, Ryan, you need to do me a favor, bro. I'll suffer through all of this. I just really want pizza and a beer when I finish. I get to the end. Ryan and him look like they haven't even worked out 
And they come up, and Ryan starts talking to me. I can barely stand. Wow. All I want is a beer. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I already had some lunch, had a beer, been hanging out with my wife. I'm like, where's my beer? <laughs> Nothing. Empty-handed. And he's How talking did, to so me like I'm fine, and ask, I can barely stand I up. I want to ask um, Dave a question, and then I'm going to ask you the question. How did you feel after the race? Oh, I, I was tired. My legs started cramping at the finish line. I had to sit down. It, but w- it was. It were was you? Rough. Were you? Was that a really good time for you? It was a great time for me. You it were was happy very about hilly. it. It was, it was a super hilly course. I, I actually PR'd my half marathon time on this hilly really marath- half marathon course. Yeah. Yeah. But what's your half marathon time? Uh, it was one twenty-five that time. Jesus so I think I, I think I averaged around six thirty. It was around six thirty pace per mile. After he swam know, a mile and biked 56 crazy. miles. I love this shit. How did you feel? Fucking miserable. You felt terrible. What was Terrible. I could so, barely walk. Uh, for, I'm just, not kidding about the barely walk thing. I was holding myself up yeah. on a gate while Ryan's talking to me. Like, he's fine. I picture him just, like, cruising through the, the whole race and then finishing and just, like... Were you breathing heavy? Oh, for sure. Oh, you were. Everybody is. There were some really fast guys there. I mean, my coach was there from Brazil, who's pretty much a pro athlete. He got second place overall. And How fast was he going? He ran his half marathon at a six-minute pace per mile. Holy fuck. Oh, what's yeah. his name? Um, Marcelo. Marcelo, yeah. Marcelo. Yeah, Very he's, cool he's guy, too. Very nice guy. Incredible athlete. Um, but you're you're running at some points shoulder to shoulder with other guys, and you're you're trying to listen to their breath to see how fatigued they are, and you're trying wow. to pass them to try to tire them out, and it's a battle. Wow! So it's like, can I try to make you run a little faster so you really fatigue and you really fall wow. off the back, and then it's he like passes in you. So you're, yeah. if there's constantly this back and forth dynamic, even on the bike, you're going up the hill. Is he pushing too hard? Let me try to stay on his wheel, right? And then let me pass him so that he gets freaked out and he tries to work wow. harder. It's called so we then call he it falls off the yeah. back. You're baiting. You're baiting. Yes. Just like we do with thrusters. Wow. You're baiting them to speed up. That is, that is very <clears throat> cool to hear you talk about that because, like, I've done a New York City Marathon. I've done the Sprint Triathlon. And I just love listening to, like, a competitor, like, oh, talk about. So fun. So what for you with, like, um, the swim, bike, and uh, run, what do you enjoy the most out of? Uh, I enjoy the bike. I mean, I, I've been enjoying the run more as I've gotten to be a better runner. But when when I first got into the sport and I got hooked, it was really a 2015 New York City triathlon, and I was kind of new to the sport. I, I told Kevin the story. I'd just broken up with my fiance. I was about to get married in two months. Broke up with the fiance. Came out of the closet as gay. I was like in a weird spot, and yeah. I did the New York City triathlon and got on the bike, and I just started passing everyone. Really? And, I, and they closed down the whole West Side Highway. So you're on the West Side Highway, yeah. skyscrapers, the Hudson. You're passing everyone. I was just, I was crying. It was just yeah. such a powerful experience. Definitely, I could see that. And uh, I played hockey growing up, so I have, I feel like I genetically have strong legs. Mm-hmm. So I was able to uh, relay that over to the bike. And for that moment, I enjoyed the bike so much that that's something that I've always kind of gone back to in my training. My yeah. training is even bike heavy. And it's something that I really enjoy doing. And when I go to competitions, it's always something that I excel at. So yeah. if, even if I'm slower in the swim, I can make up a lot of time on the bike and then try to suck it up and hold it off. So would you say that um, the part you dislike is the swim? I would I would say not necessarily dislike, but I didn't grow up swimming. Yeah. So it's, it's harder to... Um, be more efficient at the swim when you didn't grow up and Definitely. you don't have that feel for the water for 20, 30 plus years. So um, would you say that um, if you are slow in the swim, you are not out of the race, really, right? 
you always have an opportunity to come back on the bike or run, yeah. especially if you're an incredibly strong runner. Because usually, I'm not going to say this is 100% of the time, but usually great swimmers are not great runners. Right. It's one or the other. Because oh, that's great, interesting. Great swimmers like Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is my height. Or, I'm sorry, he has the same inseam on the same pair of pants that I do, 32 inseam. Mm -hmm. But I'm six foot, he's six foot four. Right. So his wingspan and his upper torso is so tall and so wide that he's such a great swimmer. swimmer. But usually to be a great <clears throat> runner, you're the other way around. The upper body has very little muscle mass. Mm -hmm. You have these long legs, you have a long inseam, and that allows you to have this this great long stride right. and stride rate that makes you a great runner. Yeah. So it's it's usually a different body type. So Definitely. if you're an incredible swimmer, you're usually on the other end of the spectrum, not an incredible runner. But I know people who are incredible at all three. So it's I've heard the term for triathlon you can't you can't win it in the swim, but you can sure as shit lose it. Is do, do you feel like that's real? Because I feel like when I remember you telling yeah, me that I'm I'm not a professional by any means, but I know that if I go too hard in the swim, I expire so much energy because also sure. the mental part because it fucks with you mentally. Mm. The um because if you overexert in the swim, it becomes a mental game too. Yeah. But by the time you're out of the water, it's kind of just fucked up your headspace when you get on the bike. So that's why when I did the when I did Hopkins and I'm very slow by all means I slowed my swim down because I knew I'm not a good swimmer at all. Hopkins is uh, is the one we're all gonna do at the. You have cookie on your lip. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna do that. That's a sprint trap. Yeah, that's the one we're all gonna oh, do. You're gonna do that. Yeah. yeah we're setting you up a should. team from here. Oh, that's fantastic. Do you yeah, want to so be on our team? It's a great race. I would, but I am away at national championships right, for shit. club championships that weekend. Is Ryan? Do you know if Ryan's with you for that? Or is my my coach or the head coach Scott? Scott, yeah, is trying to bring Ryan into New Jersey for that weekend because it's a club championship. Okay, so it's the same weekend. Yeah, so okay. basically, it's every age group. If you podium in your age group, you're you're donating like one, two, three points towards your club, and you're trying to win. Got it. Got the it. Overall championship. Got it. Yeah. I just well, I I also because I promote to him too to come since that's our local. Well, for you too, Warmugs local. That that race and that, that place is just yeah. kind of like the reason why it speaks to me so well is that I'm all the time. I'm there all the time. But right. oh, to get back where, where all I was saying was I slowed down the swim to even slow for me because I knew that if I went too hard in it, especially when people are pushing you, moving around you, I got swam over 30 yeah. times. Yeah. It dictates the rest of the race. Yeah, it dictates the rest of the race. So I just calmed it way down knowing that I would have to pay for it on the bike and the run. Definitely. But I'm primarily for – I'm a good runner compared to the people in – what I would call my division in a race. Like, the people that I'm racing against in that field. So you know that even if you go slow on the swim, you're going to catch these motherfuckers Especially on the Especially on that course. Do you feel that way? Like, do you know, like, when you... Like, for example, when you're in a race, do you know who your competitors are? Like, do you know who you're going against? Like, who's going to get a four-hour time? You know, locally yeah. and even within the United States, yes. Yeah. But uh, since it was my first time on the world stage this past year, I, I did not know. Yeah. But you can go online. You can try to check out people's times and see if they're a great runner or a great swimmer. But when you when you start getting onto a national stage or a, or a world stage, these guys are good at everything. Yeah. I, they're just overall great athletes that are doing nothing but swim, bike, run every day. Every day. So if you, if you don't catch the front pack in the swim and uh, you're not a particularly – 
you know, stronger biker than everybody else, mm-hmm. um, you're you're gonna lose it. You know, you got to try to have them in sight the whole entire race. The whole race. The whole race. The whole race. That's the yeah. top one percent of any sport. I would call it, well the top one percent of the one percent. Right. When when you're you get that too good, far behind, it's yeah, just it's, yeah, over. it's, it's over. nowhere to make because you can't. You there's you nowhere can't to make up, up that time. Yeah. You can't make up yeah. that time. That's it. You know what? I want to talk a little bit about like you discussing like my wife's a runner, and um, like just talking about the way you're you're catching people. I mean, like you you were talking about like the breath. You actually listen for people breathing heavy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you can estimate how hard they're working. You know, so if you're on somebody's shoulder and you're 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 on their back and you hear them breathing heavy, you know that okay, maybe I can sit behind him if and there's a big headwind, maybe I'm resting up a little bit, mm-hmm. especially if it's a smaller race. Right. So if you know there's only two guys ahead of you, you know, and you got 3 miles left to run, and you have the other guy in sight, and the second place guy is right in front of you, and he's breathing super heavy. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm going to keep the first place guy in my sight. Yeah. If he starts to run away too much, then I'll catch up. But let me see how I feel for the next mile, and then mm-hmm. maybe with two miles left, I'll turn on the gas and go. And go. And not waste my energy right now, and then maybe regret it 800 meters from the finish line. Right. And so you, you do that with the bike, too. Absolutely. Per se, yeah. Yeah. If, people's, if you see people's cadence start to really slow down... If their bodies are starting That's, to yeah. rock a lot, that means the muscle fatigue yeah. is kicking in. Yeah, I mean, I'm by no means an expert, but um, my strong part was the bike because I have big, you know, I'm a strong, I play football, I got strong legs. Yeah. And I actually, now thinking back doing it, um, I remember seeing some folks who were struggling on the bike and I was like, oh, I can catch this guy. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell when they're, you know, either the bike's moving a little bit, sure. rocking back and forth, per se, or breathing heavy. And I, I was just thinking, you know, oh, all right, I can go after this guy. Sure. You know, I got strong legs. Um, I'm going to suck on the run, but... I so, might well, as- you know where your strength is, so you have to optimize your strength. If you have a strength and you're not top tier where everything has to be a strength, yeah. you have to optimize and utilize your strength. Otherwise, you're not going to do as well as you want to do. But do you optimize it too much and then suck on the run Yeah, afterwards? yeah, yeah. you got to be careful. Because you your be sweat careful. rate's too high yeah. and you've pushed it so hard on the bike that you've freaking lost. Well, that, that happened to me. So- I bet you have an incredibly <clears throat> high sweat rate. Have you ever tested your sweat rate? No. What's yeah. a sweat rate? How many, how much how many liters of water you sweat per hour? Like the top, you're gonna love the science behind everything. Because I sweat a lot. So I sweat two point one liters an hour, and your stomach can probably only absorb around one point one liter to one point five liters per hour. But you can actually train your body and train your stomach to absorb more water per hour. So even really? in the winter time right now, if you're an endurance runner, you should be drinking all the time while you're exercising because you're training your stomach to absorb more water. So wow. if your sweat rate is, my sweat rate's 2.1, but my stomach can only absorb 1.5 liters of water. So I'm constantly going to be at a deficit. So I need to try to train my stomach to absorb that 1.5. The world record for water loss was actually tested up at UConn two years ago. Mm-hmm. 3.9 liters per hour. Really? Can you imagine? Like picture a two liter bottle of soda. I, I sweat. So imagine lot. sweating two two liter bottles of soda in one hour. There's no way you can That's replenish. incredible. That's a that's a world uh, that uh, he's um, a triathlete. He's a pro triathlete who competed at the world championships last year. And he's one of the best bikers in the world. But whenever he gets to the run, he falls apart because 
he can't possibly replenish that much water per hour. Yeah. And you and can only hydrate a certain point beforehand. <laughs> right. Like, because your body can only retain so much water. And as much as you blood. can hold on your bike, and as much as yes. you can hold on. Right. And his sweat rate for sodium is 2,200 milligrams that, per That hour. was my next question. Like, how much sodium is he losing? And the recommended daily allowance for sodium is 2,000. Yeah. So imagine, he's losing 2,200 milligrams of sodium per hour. Holy which, shit. Which doctors in the United States government is telling you, only have 2,000 milligrams of sodium a day. So he has to try to replenish that as well as the four uh, liters of water oh per shit. hour. So, so first off, two questions. How do, I, how, does, how do I and how does the audience figure out their sweat rate? You can weigh yourself before and after workout. So I would, oh. I would recommend an hour just because the hour time frame is easier to measure. Weigh yourself before, weigh yourself afterwards, see how much weight you lose and then measure that out in water weight. So usually 15.5 ounces is going to be usually around a pound um, a pound of water. But so if you, you lose two yeah, pounds, okay. you're losing around 31 ounces of water. Should so you not be rate. drinking water for intake during that 60 minutes, you correct? You can, but then you have to be really good at math and just know and how add to add that, that back, back in. into the equation. Okay. Yes. So if you have eight ounces, just limit yourself. Do it smart. Limit, give yourself eight ounces of water for that hour, and when that eight ounce is gone, you know at least that it's eight ounces in. I, I think it's it's only an hour workout. You're going to survive without drinking for an hour. Right. You so, would think that's not for, and I'm not, I'm not being rude or interrupting, for us, a one-hour workout, like for the majority of people in this kind of dynamic, yeah. is very long. Very oh, long. Yeah. Very yeah. long for us. For yeah. me, so I for him, it's not, do, it's not an hour. A one-hour workout is normal. No, yeah. But when we were over at the lake, I was with a, a buddy, Ben Tuff. He swims with Ben Tuff. Yep. Ben Tuff yep. was actually the first person. <laughs> I swim with Ben. No, I don't oh my swim. God. He was the <laughs> that first, dude's a rocket ship He was the, the first person to swim around the island of Jamestown in Rhode Island last year, 20, 26 miles. Yeah, yeah. And I, I fed him nutrition Holy while shit. he was doing it. It really? took him nine hours. I think I remember reading about that. I told yeah. you about that. I sent you a bunch he of raised, the links. He thing, raised yeah. $50,000 for clean ocean access. Wow. It was incredible. And so we went to the lake and we uh, had him swim for an hour and a half and he lost three and a half pounds. Um, swimming for an hour and a half in the lake. So we were trying to calculate his his sweat rate while swimming in the lake. Even though it's different when you're in an ocean because you have sodium, right? Yeah, Salt water. Right. And you're, you're breathing out of your so You're sucking some in anyways. Yes, and it's and it's, it was uh, colder too. So uh, his yes. sweat rate was probably different because it was 10 degrees colder in uh, the ocean than it so was. So how far did he swim? He swam almost 26 miles. Holy shit. So, if he, so how long did that take him? Nine hours. And he's, he's, losing, he's losing three pounds of water an hour? Uh, he probably was losing a little less than that because it was three pounds for an hour and a half of oh, swimming okay. in the lake. Gotcha. So I think we calculated a sweat rate around maybe like 2.8. Two something. You know, yeah. two something. Mid twos. Yep. And it was also colder. So it was colder and he probably wasn't sweating as much. And you were in a, in a boat next to him? Yes. What were you giving him at like... Uh, he does really well with Morton. I don't know if you've ever heard of Morton. No, what is um, that? It's a it's a supplement that came out maybe two years ago. Uh, it was really pushed. It's a I think it's a Swiss company. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Elliot Kipchoge, who uh, went sub two hours um, with Team Enios uh, mm -hmm. this past year um, in the marathon. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. But it wasn't a world record because it was this event that was put on specially by Enios, and they, you know, it wasn't an actual race. Um, yeah. They also have. There's a lot of the, uh, shoes. the shoes. Everyone's talking about the yeah, shoes. Yeah. Kevin was talking about the shoes. Well, well I have, I have a big issue with that we can, myself. We can Did talk you? about the shoes if you want to. Talk so what about was the shoes. what were you just gonna say though? But, but anyway, so uh, he used Morton because it sat oh, yeah. really well with his stomach, mm. and he used Scratch, which okay, is, which is just another another company that's it's fructose, glucose, sodium, chloride. 
you know, whatever else is is in that particular. So it's just like a drink. Yes, a drink. And then you have goo packs. So basically whatever he felt like he needed at that moment. And what your stomach could take. Right. We had different things in the boat. If he wanted a goo, get him a goo. If he wanted Morton, get him Morton. You know, it's basically how he felt that time. And then I would yell at him and say, hey, I don't think you're drinking enough. Let's go. And he stopped every 30 minutes. Initially, he stopped every 45 minutes, but then I told him we need to start stopping every 30 minutes and fuel you. Like, so he's stopping up. and getting in onto the water. The, in no, the, staying in the, in the water. water. Yeah, he's never touching the boat. You can't touch the boat. So you have to stay floating in the water and stay a certain distance. How away did he from feel the at the end? Oh, uh, he felt like he wanted to throw up. He got in the boat and just was over and over again, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I feel like I'm going to throw up. He was feeling sick. But then, even 20 minutes afterwards, he was saying hi to his family and everyone. Who, right. People were cheering all around the island. That's Everybody so knew cool. he was doing it. So as we're on the boat, and as he's swimming, people are like blowing horns and holding That's awesome. signs. It was so cool. How old is this guy? Uh, he might be 38, 39. Okay. He's the admissions director over at Rumsey Hall School in uh, Washington Depot. Okay, cool. Crazy athlete. Yeah, Crazy super athlete. cool guy. Very, and very cool guy. He, when you um, see somebody swim at, well, even like Dave. Like when I when you watch somebody like Dave, Ben, Ryan even now, because Ryan got quick too. He's a quick swimmer. Yeah. yeah, quick. When you watch these guys swim, it's not like you and I. Like no. they're covering so much more ground with less effort, effort. Right. that that it's 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 so cool to see the capabilities it's like when we watch a regionals athlete for the first time like people that are at different level of athletics in a certain division it's just it's yeah. very very you, humbling. you know um i've been looking forward to having you on because like you got like i, I played football so the long distance oh, things like crazy for, the long distance thing for me um like i'm not built I was, I'm not built to run long distance. So, like, me running the New York City Marathon and seeing some of these guys, like, who were running five-minute mile paces blew my fucking mind. I know. Like, and then, you know, listening to you swim, bike, and and run at a ridiculous pace, like, that, to me, it's fucking mind-blowing. I don't yeah. know how you guys do it. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what's your, so, so... Talk to me about like your training schedule. Like, what what do you do? You oh, train okay. seven days a week. Seven days a week. My coach never gives me a day off, uh, but they're obviously easier days than. Yeah. So real quick, Monday is always a long run day and a swim day. So depending on the distance I'm getting ready for, it could be anywhere from an hour run to a three hour run, and then usually separated by a swim in the morning or afternoon. Tuesday is always an. Interval. How far is a swim? Uh, it's usually around three to four thousand yards. Oh my God. Or, and power swim. Power <laughs> yeah. swim. I love it. I love it when people like say that because yeah. that's that for uh, that's a long. But you know what? Swim. But on the other end, if I was talking to people who swim Division Two, Division One swimming they, in college, they look at that and say, "Yeah, it's bullshit." Because they swim, they swim right. ten thousand yards plus a day. They swim morning and afternoon. They break it in two sessions, so it's all relative. Yeah. It's a, what do I use? I, I said it all the time in our first interview. Frame of reference. Frame of reference. Oh, frame yeah. of reference is such a big, big deal. Yep. Like. For us, an hour is a long time, but for people that do certain things, an hour is a warm-up. Like, yeah. it's all frame you know, of reference. That's why I think, and I want to get back to your training, but, like, um, you're endur- like I, I don't know how you guys do it. Like, I know you're going to talk about your training, but, like, what makes you want to keep like what are your what's your ultimate goal with oh, this? I think, I think what makes me want to keep doing it is that feeling I had in New York City. You know, just feeling oh, where where you were biking, biking in, you just felt unstoppable. So good and yeah. and you know, I, I've had, I have been really fortunate that I've won some overall races, and there's just nothing like out kicking someone at the end and running to that finish line and grabbing the banner and raising it above your head and just feeling like all the work that you've put in 
has culminated to that one moment where yeah. you were able to actually take the win in a competition and it's it, it it fills your heart with just so much joy it's just such a it's such a reassurance that what you're doing is working and Definitely. that you've yeah. worked hard and you're actually getting the benefit from what you're what yeah. you're doing i like that he said that cuz we talk a lot about I don't know if you've heard any of this. We talk about how you have to love the process. The process is important. The daily grind is more important than the winning because they're fleeting moments in time. But the thing is, you work that hard for those fleeting moments in True. time. True. So yeah. it, it, what people don't see in those fleeting moments is all the time you spent yeah. beforehand. So what it is, it, it's kind of, it's not validation, but it's it's the gratification of knowing that the hard work you have put in has paid off yeah and that's important because i tell people and they get offended it's like if, if you don't think victory is important or if you don't think competition or winning is important you've never won anything worth winning right or tried to win anything worth winning to begin with because winning is nothing more than showing that you've been determined enough to do something over a period of time sure that's what's being reflected right. with a win right. your grind is what's being reflected there so that's why it's that important <laughs> definitely so uh, yeah, I so mean, I like the fact that you said that it's it, it is very important and it is a very powerful moment when you do stand on a podium or yeah. when you do get the recognition. Absolutely, like because you have it's not the fact that you did it; it's the fact that you have earned it. Yeah, right. It wasn't given. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So so Tuesday is usually an interval bike day, so it might be three minutes on, two minutes off at certain intensities or whatnot, and then usually a swim as well, and maybe an easy thirty minute run. Uh, Wednesday is always a track day, so we have an indoor 200-meter track at Southern Connecticut State University. That's where I'm getting my master's degree. Oh, cool. Do my master's thesis on creatine and all that jazz. My sister went to school there. I love it. Yeah, she I, loved it. I love the faculty. Yeah. I think the whole environment is great. Definitely. I, I really enjoy it. Um, so the, the track workouts might be something like 4x400 with a certain amount of rest, 800s, 1200s, you know, whatever the distance is at threshold, above threshold, right. your zones that mm -hmm. we were talking about before. Um Thursday is usually another interval bike workout day with a swim. Mm -hmm. And then Friday is always, uh, right now it's been hill workouts. So putting treadmill on 6% and um, working on hills with rest intervals in between. Saturday is always a brick. So we call a brick where you go from bike to run because your mm -hmm. legs feel like bricks right. after you get off that bike. Yeah. So it's training your body to know that you can run on those tired legs and in a minute or two, uh -huh. your body will shift gears and get into that run motion. Right. So uh, yesterday, I actually did a bike run, bike run, bike run. So I just kept on going back, and really forth, back and forth. Yep. What, so what? What are with that um, certain um, programming? What, like how fast and how far are you going? Uh, it was based on time. Okay. And it was based on trying a negative split. So negative split in the sense of you're starting easier, and then as the workout progresses, it's getting progressively harder. So it was 30 minutes really easy, 20 minutes at a, a solid pace on the bike, mm -hmm. and then 10 minutes really easy on the run. Mm -hmm. Then going back to the bike easy for 20 minutes, but then doing a really solid run for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Then going back to the bike, easy bike for 10, uh, really hard on the bike for 10, and then off the hard 10 on the bike, a hard five-minute run into a nice easy cool down. Jesus. Yeah. How long did this take? It was a little over two hours. Jesus. So I, I, drank, I drank, I think, 60... 60 to 80 ounces of water during that workout and then had a goo had a waffle were you doing this outside or inside 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 okay yeah, inside. we do that outside too it's i was just talking to ryan this kind of training is very abstract to people here at crossfit or the, the sure. majority of people don't train for that long of a time period and i was just <laughs> talking and texting with ryan i'm how much i miss 
doing a long yeah. grind once or twice a week because it's a totally different mindset. It is. And yeah. totally different style of workout. When you finish something like that, given I love my CrossFit workouts and I love the way I feel afterwards, I wouldn't change it for anything, but it is totally different when you finish something like that. Yeah. It, I'll, I'll tell you though, like just talking about like training for something, like a goal, like if it's first place or whatever. For me, um, when I was training for the, the sprint triathlon, like when I got out of the water, like that was such a major accomplishment for me. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like it was like I was so nervous and I, I swam Being a ton. Being alive. Yeah. Being alive. Yeah. And I no, swam I a ton and we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but like that water part was just was just so great. Like, it was just, like, amazing. The fact that you conquered it. Yeah. Yes. That is your you know, accomplishment. That's that is your first place that day. Yeah. And, and like, for me, it was, like, like, Kevin said, like, I was, like, all right, dude, like, I'm doing a sprint triathlon. Yeah. Like, I've never been on a bike before. I have never swam before. Sure. But, it, you know, it was just stuff like that. It was um, very gratifying. You know, it was, like. Absolutely. And, and actually, what, what I was going to get to was when I trained with Kevin for this, one of my proudest moments too in training was when I was able to. We did like um, a swim and a run, maybe. I uh, what well, we called it um, an iron triathlon or something like that, yeah. or a CrossFit try instead of a bike because most people didn't have bikes and we need to incorporate everybody from the gym. Yeah. We would go to like we go to the state beach. I, or, I ran into you guys one day. You yep, were yep. carrying yeah. weights up and down the beach in the yeah. sand, yeah. right? But yeah. one of the nuts. days what we did was a long swim. I think yeah. it's yeah. the day you're that speaking was... up. Then we came out and then we did 100, 200, 300. We did 100 dumbbell thrusters. Or not dumbbell thrusters. 100 dumbbell snatches, 200 push-ups, 300 goblet squats mm-hmm. with the dumbbell and then a run and then a run and then a run and i just remember going because back not everybody had bikes so whatever yeah. was in the middle we had to replace awesome and so. i just remember going back to that day and and like getting the, like the high from like like you talk about like when you catch someone but for me it was like i got the high from like finishing just doing the swim yeah just doing the swim and then and doing the crossfit workout and then doing the run and feeling like oh sure. shit you know and it's like it's it's almost like uh, my wife talks about like the runner's high yeah yeah. Well, I think that's what's cool about this sport, too, is it can be an individual sport, whereas people feel accomplished, and even I would feel accomplished if I didn't win, but if I had great times, and there were the times that I wanted to have for that race. Right. You know, so you win at the end of the day just because you've personally accomplished what you wanted to accomplish at that right. race. Yeah, you don't have to compete against Individual. others to win. Right. You have to compete against yourself right. to win. But let me ask you, does that have a negative impact on, like, your mindset? Because I know... Just speaking from a runner, my wife um, was a Division One runner, and it's always about time, 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 time. Mm. Now, if you don't, if you're at a training session and you don't hit a certain time, does that eat you up? Uh, it, yeah, I will tell you. If it's if it's a training session and I wanted to try to hold, let's say it's like a five twenty pace for four hundreds, and I'm just tired that day, I'll I'll have to succumb and say, you know what, I probably didn't get enough sleep. I'm probably not hydrated enough. Maybe I didn't fuel well. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there are other factors that influence that day. And that's going back to my workout description of yesterday where the workouts were solid hard. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. the workouts will have uh, 80% of threshold, 85% of threshold. But sometimes my coach understands that your strong one day is not going to be the same as your strong another day. Right. So just having that vocabulary do what feels strong today. Do what feels solid and do what feels hard today 
because your body can't perform at the same level every day. Every single it day. It needs recovery. It needs recovery. Right. It needs recovery. Yeah, you, like, you can't expect to smash the same thing every day without right. proper recovery. Exactly. So I think it's just it's being impossible. understanding of your body. Yeah. And being understanding yeah. of the process and knowing that you're going to have highs Definitely. and lows. And just making sure that you say, well, what I really need to be well-tapered for and well-rested for is this race that's coming up. Yeah. And not necessarily that workout being the one that I was going to PR at because I want to PR at the race. Right. And, I mean, is that hard to, to – is that, like, a struggle to, to deal with, like – from a mental standpoint, like, I guess training yourself to be like, you know what, it's just an off day, or I didn't get enough sleep. Because um, I, you know, I feel like as a runner, and a, with your experience, you know, time is everything. Yes. Um, so do you have to like, mentally train yourself not to beat yourself up over oh, just... Oh, I, I think so. Yeah. I actually have a race coming up in New York City next Thursday. It's an incredible race. It's called Trial by Fire, and it's... Swim, this coming Thursday? This coming Thursday. It's called... It's uh, it, Trial by Fire. It's swim, run, swim, run, swim, run, swim, run. So you keep going back and forth. I think Ryan was telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, I've, I've tried, to get, I've tried to get Ryan out there. Yeah. And uh, usually you're one person and you're doing... All of it. So mm-hmm. you're swimming in the pool, then you're jumping out, you're putting your run shoes on, and you're running around the track, taking the shoes off, jumping back in the pool. But we're doing it in teams of two, and we do it as a fundraiser. Oh, cool. So the team pays to get into the race, and then we pick a charity to donate it to. And uh, the guys I'm running against have been sending me their times for the past two weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because we're all spitting shit. You know, yeah, we're all definitely. like, look at my That's time. the best look part what I'm about doing. Like, we wait, do that every day. Wait until I get to the track. You know, so yeah. one guy, Dixon, uh, he's an incredible athlete, um, really talented um, he sent me his 5k time from a couple days ago and I thought to myself, shit, I don't know if I'm there, you know? So when I ran my mile off the bike the other day, I wanted to run a mile close yeah. to what he ran his 5k at cause I wanted to see how I felt yeah. at that pace. So for the past two weeks, all I've been thinking about is Drew Dixon, these other people that are running and I know their paces and it's like, am I going to be rested enough and am I going to be able to hold those paces? Do so, you feel do you, like that could also be a positive for you because oh, it maybe sure. makes you work harder or tra- I guess train harder. Motivation. Tra- motivation. Motivation. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, Others can motivate you. Like the internal battle everybody preaches like you're you're only competing against yourself. Yes, you got to be the best you and Katrin David's daughter is so right when she says that all the time. Be the best me. Your friend's friendly competition is the best motivator in the world. Absolutely. And you we do it be, every day. And you're happy for them when they do well. That's yeah. the whole well. thing. Yeah. Exactly. And then you need to just mentally tell yourself that you've been working hard. You know, I, I know I work hard every yeah. day. And if I can't work hard that day, then it's an easy day and I know I need rest. But I, I give myself the credit that it deserves. And I feel like a lot of people yes. don't do that. They always kind of say, I could have done more. I should have done more. Give yourself the credit. Give yeah. yourself... The ability to say, I'm trying to balance my work life. You're not a professional. You can't do this yeah. for seven hours a day and not work. You're trying to balance kids, a right. family, mm-hmm. a wife, a husband, whatnot, work. You know, give yourself the credit so you're doing the best you can. And that performance is what you had that day. Yeah, definitely. And you can I, also have an off day. Yeah. Who said, uh, like, every day. Every day you start on this, you got you to gotta toe the line knowing it might be your day because it could also not be theirs. Right. You know what I mean? True. Exactly. I mean... With a CrossFit mentality, I've been doing CrossFit for probably seven, eight years. And um, about five years ago, I was relatively competitive in the sport of CrossFit. Okay. Yeah. And it became an issue for me because every day our gym was so competitive that everybody was trying to, like, there was like five or six guys that were going for that spot. Ah, PR every day. Every day. You just took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was thinking. And, you know. Can't think that way. You can't. can't. 
Cause burnout. It, it burned me the f- honestly mentally burned, and physically. Mentally and physically, it burned me out. And what I try to tell myself now is like, oh, like listen, it's a Tuesday at four thirty. Yeah. Okay. If I'm not gonna have the best time of the gym, okay, it's just just it's just a workout. Sure. I had work all day. I have a you know I got a ten month old at home. Yeah. Um. So I think that's a process for everyone, especially in CrossFit and and what you do is training yourself to realize that you are going to have days where you are going to not PR. Right. And you're going to have off days. And you're not going to win every single time. Right. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I, I was just talking to a, uh, a guy in the laboratory about this last week. We were talking about Husker programs with uh, Division One football teams, mm-hmm. and specifically Yale's football team. I don't think they're Division One, But a Husker program is... I don't know if you ever heard of it. I had never heard of it, but I think it's something like uh, three sets, ten repetitions with one minute of rest in between, and you go from exercise to exercise to exercise. You keep going. It's and like then as, training. It and then like, as yeah. you continue through the weeks, you go from 70% of one rep max to 75 to 80 to 85, so it always jumps to right. five. And what we were talking about was that these football players are so deep into fatigue in a catabolic state mm-hmm. that... It would take them so long to get out of that catabolic state to actually synthesize protein, muscle, and uh, adapt from the training that they're doing. But since they're so far into fatigue and they're never giving their body a chance to rest, they're actually not adapting to the exercise that they're actually doing. Wow. That's interesting. And, And you're not synthesizing protein because... You're supposedly working in the six to ten repetition range at seventy-five to eighty percent for muscular hypertrophy. So, in layman's terms, you're actually doing more harm to your body. Correct. By working really hard. Yeah, you're just a constantly lot. in a catabolic state, and you can't get out of it. That's yeah. why you can't do metcons like we do on Sundays on a consistent basis because of that exact um, methodology. If you're in that state. Your body, uh, catabolic is the way you, you can utilize it because your body is so beat for that period of time that it's not going to synthesize. Right. It, it's like you need to schedule your workout protocols to have proper rest periods as well in recovery. That's why there's a lot of strength days sure. mixed in right. with accessory days. We don't do that a lot here. There's not a lot of accessory work programmed and not a lot of just basic strength work programmed. I found that since... <clears throat> Since I started to, um, I'm not good at any one particular sport anymore. So I'm not, I'm not podium at OCR anymore. I'm not going to podium at triathlon, and I'm not going to podium at CrossFit unless it's a you know local competition yeah. or something like that. But by cross training the sports, it's made it very easy to be okay to have a bad day or cross train because I go for a very slow swim <clears throat> after today, and I'm still getting a great workout. But mentally, I'm fine too because I don't feel sure. like you were every day, day in, day out, day where down. you have to perform at a specific level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'll probably, I haven't worked out today, but Sunday's always a long bike workout day for me, so I'll pedal for two to four hours. and uh, Two to it, four hours? Yeah. But I'll watch a movie while I'm doing it. Yeah. And it'll be at such a low heart rate and low intensity that I could have a conversation with someone, I can answer the phone, I could talk to, I might talk to a couple people today about getting them to be participants for my, my thesis study. Yeah. So it's just, it's just easy recovery, give your brain a break, give yeah. your body a but break. But is there ever a day where you don't do anything? Uh, oh, no. No. Unless I'm sick. <laughs> I had the flu. Here, I, had the yeah, flu I literally and just I, said that yeah, last I, week. <laughs> and it killed me. It actually did kill me. I, I, hated I didn't it. work out for eight days because so, I had the flu and it literally crushed me. He asked me this last week, do you ever have a day off? I said, well, 
January 1st and 2nd because I had the flu. That was my exact answer. Yeah. But, up. like, so are you saying to me that you're do you, like So rest days for you is a slow bike ride. Correct. Okay. Active recovery. So do I have to, like, do, do people have to take days off? I think it depends on who you are. Yeah. Everybody's different. I've, I've had people that I coach <clears throat> that do need that day off. And I've had people that I coach that don't want that day off and do very well with it. But I've I've also had the pleasure of coaching some of the same people for four years, and I've tried them on different regimens over the past couple years, and I find that they do do better on Monday where it's completely off and they're not mm-hmm. doing anything. Or maybe they're taking a yoga class, or maybe they're getting a massage, or maybe they're using the Norbitech boots yeah, right. for 30 minutes, and that's their that's right. on their program. Yeah, you know, um, for me. I think this is anyone, any athlete, or anyone who's a fitness enthusiast. Yeah, um, athletic. I like using the term athletic. Yeah. There's a difference between athlete and athletic. You could be very athletic, but not an athlete. It's a different mentality. So for, for me, though, it's like, and even me and my wife, um, we, we work out like an hour and a half a day, right? So when we don't work out, what are we doing for that hour and a half? Mm. Do, I mean, do you have that? Like, like you said, you had the flu, couldn't work out. Were you ripping your hair out because like you couldn't work out? Uh, I was I was upset because I couldn't work yeah. out, but I was I was trying to channel that into you know what I'm gonna take this time and clean my house. I'm gonna I've I've so much work to do for my thesis, getting paperwork together. Um, so I, I utilize the time to say it's time to focus on some other things. Yeah. Now let me ask you because yeah. we talk about mental health a lot on here. Um, you working out is that good for your mental health? Absolutely. For you personally though. Yes. Like you feel. Um, I guess the most relaxed when you're working out. I think it's I, I well, well you're not going to feel relaxed, relaxed sometimes all the time as you're working right. out. But I think I think it's the endorphins as well as knowing once you're done that you've done something healthy for your body yeah. that day. You've accomplished something that yeah. day. Right. It's that sense of accomplishment. <clears throat> it's like making your bed when you get up in the morning. Like you're you're yeah. starting the day with that good habit that you took care of something that you should take care yeah. of. And that that will precede to more actions like that. Positive actions. Definitely. I love that because... um, It's a keystone habit. Uh, We talked about this last time. It's called the keystone habit. Um, That exercise is one of very few habits that you can do on a daily basis that will transcend into every other part of your life because it has a tendency to reflect positively in other things. It makes you better at other things naturally without having to focus on it. I'll I'll nerd out for a second. I'm taking a self-physiology course and my professor actually studies exercise effects on the brain and she uh, has mice swim and mice do not like to swim. And then she also makes it harder and harder for the mice to get out of the water. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like an obstacle course. Right. And then she also puts mice in a cage and she lets some of them exercise. Or she doesn't let. She gives them the option to exercise. So there's a wheel. There's this right. or that. And then some of them choose not to exercise. And then she sedates them and euthanizes the mice. And then she dissects and studies their brains. Mm-hmm. And she has this like $50,000 microscope that I saw two weeks ago. Really? And she has her students go through and they count the neurons and the synapses in the brain. And neurons and synapses yeah, yeah. are what are giving off different ions and different right. uh, chemicals like acetylcholine, which... Uh, in layman's terms, uh, is domino effect that helps the body work in yeah. many different ways. Um, and uh, she has found that these mice that exercise have more neurons and have more synapses in the brain. So you're making more connections. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you're you're translating more neurotransmitters. Um, you're 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 enhancing the brain's ability to send messel, messages and right. signals right. as you exercise. Right. So there is that there is that aspect too. So you're feeling good. You're releasing endorphins. Mm-hmm. You're feeling like you've done something great for the day. Yeah. But you're also increasing your brain's capacity to send messages and to do work at night right. as well. So you're you're basically um, while you're working out, you're working your your muscles and you're and working you're, out your brain. You're working out your brain. Yes. And it's statistically proven to help mental health. Because yeah. 100. It, it, it's yeah. I mean, because they did that book again, uh, had a similar study, and they put they put live wires in to. Uh, or, or transmitters, I can't remember, into mice, and they would run them through series of tests. Oh, interesting. And, and athletic tests, and they would <clears throat> they would study uh, in what parts of the brain were active, then they would do that against a, and do the same thing with sedentary rats, and they would test the ability for one to react to something and learn something over the other. Interesting. And mm. all of the physically active specimens were always significantly quicker, quicker in the ability to adapt. Uh, um, uh, adaptability was easier right. for ones that were active. Were active. Interesting. That were active. Imagine trying to do that to people. Put some electrodes in their brain yeah. and have them exercise. That'd be crazy. That'd be hard to get approved. No, well, no, you could you could do that without electrodes. You could do that by simply scans, MRI scans, um, or CAT scans as well, because that's going to measure brain activity over a period yes. of time. Yeah. Um, They're using a halo up at uh, UConn right now to study um, concussions and people, people with and without concussions. They have really? this, this halo contraption that they're putting on people's <laughs> Let's heads. Put to, that on my head. To I've scan had a few. brains. Yeah. Um, so to one thing, actually, just getting back to like the making the bed. Um, I do cold showers in do the you morning. Do cold showers. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll do a five minute. But here, here's what. Here's the. Here's the I point. To do cold here's showers. the point. So I'll get in the shower in the morning. Okay, five o'clock in the morning, cold shower. Mm-hmm. For me, it's an accomplishment. Sure. Because everyone's like, like Kevin just said, fuck, I'm not going to take a cold shower. It's fucking freezing. Well, I don't want to either. I get it. But I get its accomplishment. I have plenty of those during the day. One two, of them doesn't have things. to be being miserable. Two things. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Okay. When I get out of the shower, the cold shower, I feel amazing. Okay. Good. I feel amazing. And also going back to the making the bed, it's an accomplishment to start the day. Sure. Okay, so it started the day on the right foot. My wife makes the bed every day because why does she make the bed? Because it makes her feel good. Right. You know what I mean? I do that. I make my bed every morning. You know, and when you go back to the bed after a long day, it's it's made. Yeah. That's also a very big accomplishment too because then you're ending your day looking at something that you accomplished. Correct. Exactly. So, you're, you're beginning and ending it with the accomplishment. There is something nice about getting into a made bed. There is. There yeah, is. There's, totally. there's something about that where you walk in your room and the bed's made. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it brings comfort. It brings, like, positivity to your day after a long day. Um, so, like going, like, going back to the fitness thing. Yeah, like, when you work out, you feel accomplished. Sure. You know, physically and mentally, you feel accomplished like you know like when we do the hard sunday workouts oh very much so you know they're very difficult workouts we do on sunday and you really probably don't want to do them but But you kind of do but you you kind of do do. it's like the love hate do and you're glad you did it afterwards you're glad you did it afterwards you know i mean this morning i missed it because because adulthood listen you can't beat yourself over up over that too no exactly and i was balance yeah it's balance like you know, like it's always family first. You should feel accomplished for that. 
I tell Ryan all the time, uh, if the workout's stressing you out or the you idea of getting it. the workout is stressing you out, don't, don't do not it. worth it. That's no, amazing. Never. Say that one more time because that like resonated with me. Sure, yeah. If if you're stressed out about completing the workout, because that's the opposite goal of what the workout's supposed to do. Right. And you don't want your health and what you're trying to do for a workout to stress you out. But if it is stressing you out because you're thinking about everything else you have to get done that day, then you shouldn't be working out. If the one thing yeah. like working out is stressing you out, don't do it. See, Go get everything else done that, that you yeah, need I mean, to totally. get done. Ba- back in the, my CrossFit days, like five years ago, that would stress me out. Like coming in here. Got to get here. Got to get here at 530, right? What's the workout? How am I going to do this? Throughout the whole day, yeah, it fucking that should be the crushed part me. Of yeah, you know, from a mental standpoint, oh, I hear you. I hear you, and that eats away with at you over time, and that doesn't help people stick to an exercise program. If something's constantly stressful, what is the body and the person going to do? They're going to yeah. back away from. There's it. no reward. Yeah, There's that's no, why people. Yeah. That's why people burn out after you. Yeah. Because habits are habits are based off rewards, cues, actions, okay. rewards. If, if there's no reward, all of a sudden it's not a routine that you're going to want to habitually yeah, do. Exactly. Um, and b- back to you asked him about the uh, if it helps you mentally, right? Uh, and one thing I want to say about the working out with you and Ryan, and when we do the, uh, those are longer workouts. The lake for me. war, yeah, lake, lake war, war mug but they're longer. But and I do love them. But the ability to get into your headspace while doing a longer one to two hour workout, mm-hmm. or even more, we used to go for four hour, fifteen mile, very technical trail runs. Some people would cringe at that. But at the same time, when you're with your friends, you're laughing, you're you're talking, and you're also clearing your headspace. It is a form of meditation, in, yeah. in essence, that you don't get from these very high intensity workouts. Because no. you you can't you don't have the time to think. That's the benefit of those. You get to escape your brain space for a bit when you do something of super high intensity. Definitely. Um, and when you do something of lower you intensity, you escape. Yeah, you escape That's the brain space, and. When you're doing something for a longer duration at a lower heart rate that you can concentrate on, you can focus on your brain space and reorganize your. And thoughts. you're taking that head on. Yeah, and you're taking that head on. It's a, it's a form of meditation, so you can actually sit in your thoughts and organize them. Yeah. Do you yeah. listen to music when you run? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Because during competition, you're not allowed to Can't, listen yeah. to music. And if you're biking out on the road, I think it's absolutely asinine that someone would listen to music. Just because the cars and the oh, traffic. Yeah. and I almost got killed a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and again, um, being aware of your surroundings and who you're racing with and being able to listen to their breath. Also listen to the cadence you know, of your feet. Like if you're slowing down and being aware of everything that you're doing and what's going on around you, I think is really yeah. important to good strategic racing. Yeah, And definitely. when you're in the trails too, like I trail run a lot. Uh, 99% of my running is trail. Being in the moment, in the woods, in that peaceful setting yeah. is so much better right. than, than the interruption that music will occur. But you sure. mentioned music, and I wanted to go on like a whole different topic. That's probably not for today on the importance of music. I like listening to me. I love yeah. music but videos I, with my but, indoor workouts. Yeah, but I think that's, that's such a big, strong conversation. But I know mm-hmm. I would talk for an hour on that alone. Because About music is so important Music, yeah. Music, yeah, music. Um, music is so important. And that's when you're working actually, out? Not when you're working out, in your life. In yeah. your life in general, and it's actually that's where my end piece, Kevin's period, is. is Kevin's period is. The, I have like a two it? minute spiel at the end. I get oh, to go on. okay. But uh, but it's based on based on the yeah. concept of music and how important it is in people's lives. Definitely. So, but we'll, I'll, I'm going to we'll, skip that because I'm going to yeah. go into like forever. Like yeah, I will no, talk we'll, music we'll, forever. we'll get into that one for Kevin's period. That's a new segment. Um, yeah. What was I going to talk about? Oh, um, we were just talking about. I'm drawing a blank right now. 
Yes. Uh, mental um, running. When I was training for the New York City Marathon, right, I hated the long runs, right? But I got so – I ran so much that, like, the four or five-mile runs were, like, my com- my time, man. And they started to feel short. Yeah, and they started to feel short. Yeah. And I enjoyed – Frame of reference. I enjoyed right going there. on them. And, and, you know, I would pop my music on. Yeah. And I'd run – for five miles, yeah, right, and it, it got easier, but it was a it was a point in my training where it was like, all right, dude, like, I'm gonna go on this five mile run. Sure, you know, I'm gonna decompress. Sure, you know what I mean? Does that well, make sense? I well, so when people tell me that they hate running, I tell them a couple of things. I said you're probably running too fast and too yeah. hard, you know, to where it's unenjoyable because you right. feel like you're working too hard. Yeah, and I said uh, number two, it's probably your inability to enjoy what's going on around you. Because I think what's super cool about running in the woods, like even over at um, Beebrook yep. or, you yep. know, the Pinnacle or whatnot. I love Pinnacle. Um, your ability to, to look at the river, you know, to, yeah. when it's snowing outside, to look at that half an inch of snow that's on oh, every single that's tree my branch. Favorite. Or when it just starts snowing, oh, it is beautiful You never outside. see more contrast in nature yeah. than that moment. And your yeah. ability to kind of zone out and enjoy those moments and look around that's and be so by yourself. Cool. And... Uh, I think it's special. Yeah, no, it isn't. And, and um, all these memories are coming back to when I was training because um, some of the my best training were like five or six miles, and it was like sometimes they were in the rain. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's and like, an accomplishment with that there because yeah. who else is doing that? It, it it generates mental fortitude that you can't find anywhere else. I did a run here in 40-degree rain. Do you remember when yeah. you guys were working out? Yeah. They looked at me like I was an ass. I had my weight vest on, and I was doing OCR training. So I was doing one-mile run intervals. Raining 40 degrees, coming in, doing work, and going back oh out. Like, I'm an God. idiot. Yeah. But the thing, I agree. All I'm saying is I so yeah. agree. When you run in that kind of stuff, yeah. when you're done, you just feel. Yeah. Because nobody, no one else is doing it. And yeah. also, too, um, you know, sometimes I'll t- when it's really cold, I'll take my dog, like, down here, like, early in the morning. Yeah. And have him run around. And it's, like, 20 degrees. And sometimes I'll go over there and I'll just run the hills. Yeah. Right, and it's something about like working out in like a tough environment, maybe the cold, which is an for me, and I'm sure for eighty percent of the people, it's an accomplishment for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you were talking about, like just like, like almost like dumb. I, I always talk about this, like dumb it down. Like you, you sometimes we get caught up in like how the, fast, or yeah, how and all strong. that shit. Like every even even everyday life, what's happening? Right. Sometimes it's just nice to just. Dumb it down. I'm I'm running hills with my dog in 20 degree weather. Yeah. You know nothing else matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get rid of the intervals. Get rid of the schemes in your head. Just go out and do it. And do it. And have do like it. you like you were just talking about people who aren't good at running is probably because they that stresses them out. And they don't do it right. And they I don't, want you to talk about that from a run. Co- yeah. I'm a run coach as well, but it's always good to have a different point from a run coach perspective. Why you don't enjoy running? Because I'm trying to tell OG this. Yeah, uh, he's, OG, he's the first person I thought about. Yeah, because he, I hate running, I hate running. I'm like, do you really hate running or are you just doing it in a way that sure. makes you hate yes, running? Well, yes. I always I always like to tell people why I enjoy running so maybe they can try to find the same thing. But just for example, uh, I have a 200 meter track at my uh, office, which is beautiful. What do you do for work? uh, Well, so I work in the laboratory at Southern Connecticut State University. So we do testing for different companies. Like, for example, Amtrak. When Amtrak is hiring employees, 
they'll send their employees into our office and we'll do strength training on them. Really? So they'll we'll hook them up to a chair and they have to pull and push on these levers with their arms and their legs as hard and as fast as they can. Because that's what they're going to do on the job. Well, because so, they're if they're baggage people or bell carriers, they're putting bags up top. They're opening the doors in between the train. And there's a certain amount of power or strength that the company's looking for for them to have. So we're measuring torque and we're measuring power and strength. Mm. So once we get those measurements, we send them into the company. And the company can say, based off of these measurements, you're less likely to get hurt on the job. So we're less likely to spend more money on you being out for disability because wow. you went into the lab and you tested at this level. Wow. So we do a lot of strength training. Um, people come in from the public. We had an MMA fighter come in who wanted to get his body fat tested. So we do hydrostatic weighing, which is the underwater weighing for analysis oh. of body mass. Um, and we do VO2 max, which is better measure of cardiovascular fitness. So how, we do, how do you, um, how could I get that done? Like come to our laboratory. Yeah. Like I just, you don't have to tell us exact costs and where to go. What are the costs kind of like people might be listening and want to say, Hey, can I go do this? What is it going to run me? Yeah, it could be it could be anywhere from ten dollars to one hundred and fifty dollars. Really? Yeah, we do a gait analysis where we put reflective markers all over your body, and it creates a three D skeleton, mm -hmm. and then we analyze your run form, and this fifty page presentation pops out that pretty much analyzes every movement of hip, knee, foot in relation really? to each other. And then that way it can and body strength too, like like a differentiation it, between it, like a favored side. Well, possibly? See, yeah. So the treadmill actually measures ground reaction force. So oh, how cool. hard you're okay. actually landing with your feet and how hard you're pushing off. Mm. Um, and that that transient weight that right. you're applying to the ground as you go through the gate phase. So it puts that into an algorithm and it calculates chances of injury and. Um, you can then give that to a physiotherapist or a physical therapist and say, look, I did this gait analysis on the treadmill. Right hip got this score um, in comparison to the left knee. So these are things that I need to work on. And we do that type of testing in Very our laboratory cool. as well. So what, what do you ultimately want to do in a career? Well, so I, I just got accepted into the PhD program up at uh, UConn. Okay. So I'll be working in the Corey Stringer Institute up there. Cool. And it's, it's a Crazy institute. So Corey Stringer was an offensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings who died of heat stroke oh, back in right. August of 2001. And uh, Dr. Douglas Casa, who's the uh, head of the laboratory up there, was actually the um, he was the key head witness or the the expert witness in the case mm. for the lawsuit against the Minnesota Vikings from uh, the mother's point of view. Okay. And. Uh, he created this laboratory, and it's probably the best laboratory in the United States for studying heat-related illness because in this laboratory, you can create any environmental condition that you want. So right now, they're doing two studies with the Air Force, mm -hmm. and they're brutal studies. They're about 10 hours in the heat, and they're looking at fatigue, and they're looking at sweat rate wow. and body response to exercise like in the heat. Like in a cockpit, heat. right? Is this for like cockpit analysis for fighters? It could be. Or? It could be for basic training. Okay. Because like Fort Bragg and a lot of these different places for um, basic training are really hot climates. Yeah. Uh, the heat chamber is a little bigger than this room. Okay. And there's treadmills and bikes, and they're having them do things like push-ups and things that. They How do. hot is it getting? Well, so I just finished a seven-month study there where I actually was a participant, mm -hmm. and I was exercising anywhere from 95 degrees to 104 degrees. Yeah. With, you had that uh, on your Instagram a bit, right? Like, you I showed did. some of that. I followed a little bit. Yeah. That was very, very cool. What's, like what's your um, uh, name on Instagram so people Endurance follow? Endurance Dave. Endurance Dave on Instagram. Endurance Dave. We'll, ta we'll tag him. 
yeah. that's really cool. Actually, so I'll be studying a lot of that. So talk we to should, me. Talk to me about like heat related um, illness. Yes, well, and illness. That's your thesis, isn't your thesis based on heat related well, illness? Well, so my my yeah, thesis my thesis is trying to look at if creatine okay. can actually help endurance athletes and actually help with attenuating a rise in core body temperature. So meaning that will creatine actually help core temperature stay more level rather than spike up as you're exercising mm-hmm. in a hot environment. And the idea is when you take creatine, you gain a little bit of weight and it's usually water weight. Yeah. And uh, so in that sense, are you kind of hyperhydrated? Because water is just a substrate to help your body get rid of heat. Yeah. So as you have water around your stomach and around your organs, the water absorbs the heat. And then as the water um, diffuses out to the skin and then evaporates off your skin, that's how you're expiring this body heat. Right. That's how you get... Because if you don't expire body heat like a firefighter or a football player and your core temperature goes above 104, you're officially in um, a heat-related illness state or you're, you're, you're going to be, um, you're gonna be uh, having heat stroke. Yeah. So the Annie, whole idea. Annie Thor's daughter so at the, the games. Yeah. Who? Annie Thor's daughter. Oh, Annie. What okay. she did when she was during Murph at yeah. the 2016 games, suffered from heat, heat, stri- heat related injury. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm trying to see if creatine can actually help with that. Does it? What do you think? I think it does. I, do you take it personally? I, I do not right now because I'm actually going to put myself to oh, the protocol first. Cool. And if somebody wants to be part of the study, which you do get $100 to be part of the study. And then you get an extra hundred dollars performance Can I be in the bonus. Study? You have to be what I define as an endurance athlete. Okay. Which means six hours of cardiovascular training a week, and Ooh, you need to have, and you need to have done uh, an event in more than two hours or an event in length of more than two hours in the last year. So you could certainly do it. I mean, because I, I need to go on a creatine cycle anyways, because yeah. I was going to utilize it as a strength-based <clears throat> protocol. I mean, I'm sure that you're going to issue the creatine that we're going to use. I'm giving everyone the yeah. creatine, the maltodextrin. Well, where do you where do you get the creatine? No, I'm uh, So I'm sponsored by a company called Muscle Feast, and they're supplying me with the maltodextrin and the Muscle creatine. Feast. Muscle Feast, yes. So when you s- when you say... Um, I can plug Muscle Feast and say you can MF plug 10. Plug, plug whatever you MF want. David 10 for 10% off on uh, yeah. Muscle Feast. What's what is his it? name? OG's going to be so upset that it's not Blonix. Blonix is another very Muscle Feast. Well. It's Muscle Feast is the, is the company name. Okay, Muscle yes. Feast. So is it MuscleFeast.com? MuscleFeast.com. And it's MF David 10 for 10% off. Yeah, MF David 10 for 10% it's, off. It's a really cool company. It was started by a family whose son was competing in bodybuilding and show. And they wanted to make sure that their son was taking supplements that were pure and healthy. So they created their own product line. Interesting. And I really like it because they make a hydrate supplement, which is basically just salt, sodium, chloride, right. potassium. So you can measure out... Like my salt sweat rate is 1300 milligrams of sodium per hour. You buy Gatorade, it might have two to 400. You buy Scratch, it might have two to 400. And you're not getting more salt unless you're doubling you're up. It. Yeah, which now you're having a lot of fructose in your drink, right. which might cause upset stomach or gastric yeah. distress. Or you're actually taking Himalayan sea salt from your cabinet and just pouring it Which is what we do, salt. Brian and I do that. So it allows me to actually measure out the proper amount of salt that I need mm-hmm. in my drinks for what I'm doing. And then they sell dextrose, which is basically just straight sugar. up sugar. Sh- sugar. So I can create my own drink, which I found is helpful because I get acid reflux and I can't handle Gatorade or some of those other things. That's right. fructose. Is that all fructose? It's a lot of fructose, and that's a huge problem for me. You want to know what's funny? Dextrose, well, the sugar strains, but just, just 
R random sideline. One candy that utilize it, all dextrose. Haribo gummy bears. Really? Swear to God. What and is I that? learned that because of endurance athletic training because oh. dextrose absorbs better naturally and I do better because fructose gives me an upset stomach. Yeah, Ryan so, likes to eat those things when he's on the boat. Yeah, I started that. <laughs> so it was my fault, yeah. Because when we were doing that 100 miles, yeah. I had like two big bags of gummy bears. Like, why the oh, fuck do you so have funny. big bags of gummy bears? I'm like, think about it. Like, did, did, I, So they help, you feel like? Yeah, well, and they absorb, the, the, they're more bioavailable. Dextrose is more bioavailable compared to fructose and your body synthesizes it better. Mm-hmm. So, and you but should yeah, be that, that, that was it. For you me. should be taking dextrose immediately after a workout or during. Uh, well, so Endurance. I'm taking it during. Okay, you're burning how many ever calories while you're working out. Yeah, um, and you certainly want to replace the glycogen after you exercise as well. So uh, it doesn't have to be in the form of the dextrose powder as soon as you're done with the workout, um, but it, it could be in the form of a meal or something yeah. Else. Now. Um, Talking about creatine, I actually I used to take creatine. I don't take it anymore. Is creatine more of um for an endurance athlete or for more strength, or is it uh, both? Great question. So anecdotally, it's for more for strength and power athletes. Mm -hmm. So that that could be not just an Olympic lifter, but that also could be like a hundred meter runner, you know, or a sprint athlete, right. or a jumper, mm -hmm. you know, someone who does pole vault, mm -hmm. um, shot put. So anecdotally, it helps there the most. Yeah. The science on endurance athlete is very slim to none. But that's that's why we do research, is we're trying to fill the gaps in science and literature where there isn't research to show that it may or may right. not be beneficial. So, so um, for, for the folks it. listening, can you just, in layman's terms, what is creatine? Ah, creatine. Okay. What is it? In a, in a, in a layman's term, you actually eat creatine probably daily. It's in salmon, it's in beef, it's a, it's a non-protein amino acid. So your body actually synthesizes creatine and your body uses creatine to create this energy molecule called ATP or mm -hmm. adenosine triphosphate. And adenosine triphosphate in the human body is like the magic molecule that makes things go. It's actually what helps muscle contraction happen. Mm -hmm. It donates a phosphate, it releases energy, and that's actually what causes muscle fibers to get pulled against or across each other and actually cause muscle contraction. It's the basis of one of our energy systems too. If you're thinking of an Olympic, I use it in layman's term too. If you think yeah. of Olympic lifting, very, very strong, system. immediate, it's your immediate energy system where you need to expel very high amounts of energy in a very, very short amount of time. Right. That's where creatine seconds. comes in. Yeah, that's where creatine comes in play for a strength athlete. Strength so, athlete, yes. So you have ATP floating very closely to muscle fibers. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you do this really heavy lift, you use a lot of ATP all at once. But what's super awesome about creatine, what's super fascinating is creatine also um, is can float around in the form as creatine phosphate. So as soon as you use ATP, mm -hmm. it has three phosphates. It gets rid of a phosphate to help the muscle contraction occur. It becomes ADP or adenosine with two phosphates so creatine if it's in huge um, amount around it can say here's a phosphate and it literally regenerates the atp like that uh. so you can go ahead and repeat that bout right away right exactly so that's the helpful thing so when people say creatine actually increases muscle mass it increases all these things it increases it because it gives you the ability to work harder loads yeah. over and over and over again gotcha. and handle more stress in the gym okay so yeah. so it, it basically you can work out longer, longer and, and harder, harder yes which makes you yes. stronger yes yes right yeah, your musculature will 
uh, adapt to the weight load faster and easier. Think of like a squat, you do a one rep max squat. You do that without creatine. This is just really, really layman's terms. Mm -hmm. You're very fatigued. Your musculature won't heal. It won't, the ATP won't regenerate fast enough. Correct. And, Correct. But, and, but with the supplementation of creatine, because I've been in a couple of creatine cycles myself, and sure. your musculature will adapt to the weight load faster and it will recover faster to the point where you can re-hit right. that same load. All of a sudden, let's say you're hitting 95% of your one max rep, rep three or four times in a row instead of one, mm -hmm. the way that musculature works, uh, the micro, load. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're micro tearing your fibers, but you're able to do it under a heavier weight load for more repetitions. It's going to grow faster and easier. So right. you're just, you're just loading the muscle full of creatine when you're supplementing with creatine. So you're either going through a loading phase, which is 20 grams a day. You can split that into five grams, four times a day for a week. Is the loading phase to get your body used uh, to the creatine? You or? ready? You ready for this asinine yeah. comment? The loading phase is bullshit for more companies to say, say you need to go through a loading phase and you go through more of the product right, and then and have then, to buy yeah. more of the product. Yeah. So you That's really don't do you need a loading phase? You don't. You, you can don't. take three to five grams of creatine a day, and at the end of a month after 30 days, you will be at the peak of loading for creatine. Okay. Um, is creatine dangerous if you take too much of it? Scientifically, there has been almost no research to show that it's dangerous. It is it is one of the pure ergogenic aids in the sense that it's legal, it's safe, and that it works. And the, the two are caffeine and creatine. Um, I will say I have only read one study where uh, it's a little iffy, and it was actually studied with Parkinson's. Mm. And they were having people with Parkinson's uh, take creatine, and they were looking at caffeine ingestion as well as Parkinson's. Mm. And they were looking at their symptoms of Parkinson's. There was going to be a five-year study. Yeah. So they were looking at the symptoms of Parkinson's over the course of five years. And they found that people who were supplementing with more than 300 milligrams of caffeine and the creatine after three years their symptoms for Parkinson's st statistically um, or significantly got worse. So they actually cut the study short and had them stop with really? the creatine. But in a healthy general population, no. There there are some things with kidney. People are scared of kidney health with creatine. Right. Um, that's only been shown in mice, with mice that already have pre-existing kidney disease. Mm. So if you have pre-existing kidney disease, you may not want to take creatine. Mm -hmm. You but have to be smart about water load, too. And you have to be smart about water. So does it dehydrate you? It doesn't dehydrate no. you. It just pulls more water into the intracellular space. Gotcha. So, so you it, need to drink more to hydrate your non-intracellular space. You just need to be smart about water yeah. intake. One Some, thing I want to talk about or say sure. that that's, I don't know if it's statistically proven or not, but there have been studies behind it is with the increase of creatine phosphate has also had a negative impact on this ah. DHT because it increases DHT production. Which would in turn for people like me with a receding hairline. Hairline. Have, hair well, loss. Th I didn't bring this up. Somebody in the gym, um, he's younger. He's 23 and he already has thinning hair. Or like he obviously has historic DHT production issues in his sure. family genetically. And there are studies to show that creatine intake can increase DHT production, which is only an issue if you're susceptible to it, which I am, obviously. Um, not that it's bad, but you don't want to you know you don't want to increase the impact but 
uh, like I said, the science isn't guaranteed behind it, but it's been it's been stated and there have been studies. Sure. Yeah, so. no, I, I have heard that, and what I have heard is that they they think that it might be uh, or it might be related to methylation okay. with, with creatine supplementation and this inhibition of methylation. Um, but from what I understand it right now it's more anecdotal than actually um, Scientific. scientifically shown or okay. uh, or um, studied per se. I, I would agree with that because all the studies that I have had, they've kind of just been like general constructs. They sure. really haven't had a lot of statistical background on it. It's like this could impact this, but there are really no like cited studies or research behind what I've been reading. But yeah. at the same time, conceptually speaking, it could make sense. It could. It could it make absolutely sense. absolutely could. Um, yep. what, what I was stating is there have been some studies that... The hair loss. Uh, mm -hmm. Hair loss. Oh, okay. It, it can increase hair loss because it increases... It could... It could. Does it? Could increase DHT oh. production. The thing is, maybe, maybe not. There haven't been enough of scientific right. studies to actually show uh, a solid result right. on it. But for somebody like, I'm not going to, um, our friend that's younger that has thinning hair in the gym. I haven't asked Who's if that? I could use his name, so I'm not going to use it. Okay. Um, he's 22, 23. Oh. Uh, and he's a beast, a great guy, super healthy, one of the fittest people in the gym. He's fucking but, jacked. Yeah, super jacked. Awesome dude, but uh, genetically speaking, he has increased DHT production, so he's w very wary of it. And as in I, because I'm 38, I should have a thinning hairline, but I obviously... Do you have a thinning hairline? Yeah, dude, come on. Yeah. 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 I'm obviously susceptible to DHT production, so... Right. Um, That could be a negative side effect. Okay, that's interesting. At the same time, and this is an something that's funny, that's not to do with the science... The surgery is so damn cheap now, like to for um, hair follicle movement. Oh, to, to they, fix it. For, for four grand, you can get top tier hair follicle movement if that's really an issue of yours. If it really bothers you, so that you're saying much. you could pay four grand, they put new hair. Like it's like no, they move your hair. It, it, it's they could do it either as a, there's two different ways to they do it. They move your hair. Yeah, it's, that's all of the hair transplant and all the hair surgeries. It's just follicular. They move the follicles. Your hair follicles from the. The hair on the back of your head is different than the hair on the top of your head. They're genetically different. So they will literally take hair from the back of your head and put it on the top of your head. Oh, interesting. That's literally so all that you'll, they do. So you'll still have hair here because it will grow yeah, back. Lose, no, yeah, yeah. No, and what, it, it'll thin it. A, the, you will not notice it. Is is. But the how answer. do they put it back on? How do they put it on? At a follicular level. They literally transplant it. They, they, they uh, isolate the follicle. From the hair on the back of your head, they'll take the hair out. They could do it two different ways. They take out a strip of hair and re-sew it. You don't get a scar because they, they do it so well now. So they could take a strip of hair. Then they take that strip of hair. They take the hair follicles out, and they literally just... Do you, are you thinking about doing it? Um, It doesn't bother me enough to do it now, but at the same time, if I wanted to, it wouldn't bother me either. I, I like Getting boo jobs happen all the time nowadays, and more people are also getting hair transplants than you think because it's just so... It's cheap and easy now. It's not like a big deal like sure. it used to be. You From know what creatine I mean? to locks of love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So are you concerned about creatine with your hair? I wasn't the one that brought it up, actually. Oh. Our friend that was here is the one that brought it up because oh. he's so much younger than we are. Um, Interesting. But but the fact that he brought it up made me curious. I've taken, I actually think about it. Yeah, yes. it just, I've just taken brought, a ton of creatine. Yeah. I, well, My hair is just flowing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. You have to be genetically dispositioned to DHT having an impact on your hair loss because yeah. it doesn't impact every male. You know what I would say to anybody who's interested is, uh, have you ever gone to Google Scholar instead of just Google? No. So you type in googlescholar.com instead of just Google. 
and it's a database to uh, search for specifically research only. Really? So you can type in really. Creatine. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, you can type in creatine, comma, hair, comma, DHT, whatever. This is Google what? Scholar. So I instead of Google.com, you type in Google. That's what I use for all my research and gathering all of my documents for my bibliographies. That's fucking cool. Because when I'm done with my thesis, I have to defend it in front of all the professors in my program. Awesome. So they're going to ask me everything about creatine. So I go there to search for articles and read all I can. And it brings up research studies from different universities, scientists, professors. So if you type in creatine hair, I'm sure what will pop up is a lot of PDFs on a bunch of published research that you can read. And then you can make an informed decision for oh, yourself. Interesting. You I got to check that yeah. out. Google Scholar. GoogleScholar.com. Yeah, very cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, I was going to ask you, do you recommend anyone that's serious about fitness, CrossFit, endurance athlete to, take, to take creatine yes definitely absolutely i, I think it's i think it's i, I haven't because taken it it's years such, i think it's because it's such a safe and proven um supplement to use that there's no reason why you shouldn't be taking pending it. your specific goals right as well pending your specific goals it might not be a something that you want to use based on what you want to do right. if you're looking to lose weight like just the general health and wellness goal is just to lose weight I mean, it may or may not help you, but that shouldn't be where your primary focus is. Yeah, at that point, your primary focus should probably be like right. a strategic workload as well as a caloric deficit or a if steady you're, diet. If you're you know? overweight and you're just trying to be fit, then yeah, then maybe, it's not really that maybe not. For you. But right. um, if you're an athlete and you're trying to increase performance, or you're athletic and you're trying to increase performance, absolutely, definitely, I gotta start taking it then. Shit, I haven't taken in years. I don't know. Athletic might be a little stretch for you. Ooh, <laughs> um, listen, we've gone in 90 minutes, and we got to wrap this up. Wrap it up. But We can talk about CBD the next time. Yeah, I want to have you on again. This sucks. When I'm getting so much knowledge I know. Right this, actually, I get, like, you know what I was thinking, you know what what I was thinking about? This is like the most value... Like, in 90 minutes, we've covered a, it's valuable a ton knowledge. of value like Your knowledge. friend with the carnivore oh, cool. diet gave a lot of knowledge, but it was very like one-dimensional knowledge on a specific subject. We've covered a lot of different yeah. subjects. Yeah, I'd love to tell you about the CBD study we're doing because we're, we're putting people in a chair and they're having to do over 100 repetitions at max volition. And we're, we're looking at girth measurements of their leg and inflammation. And we're trying to see if CBD helps with sleep, lactate, buildup of lactate. Really? In the blood. Really? Um, yeah, inflammation. What's, what's your um, initial thoughts? Is it... Well, so, well, I told you guys my initial thought first was I think it's bullshit that these drinks have 25 milligrams of, cre or, uh, of CBD in them and you're charging and four to, to five. Anything. And they're expected to do anything because the prescription dose of CBD is 300 milligrams. Yeah. And the only study I've seen where CBD actually caused some type of significant change was out of England. Mm -hmm. Again, from Google Scholar, a girl presented it in my class last spring and it decreased blood pressure and increased heart rate. Really? So maybe someone who has high blood pressure, mm. maybe 300 milligrams of CBD will help with um, decreasing high blood pressure a little bit. Mm -hmm. But in terms of anything else, not really any evidence right now in the scientific community. It's uh, it's just being studied now yeah. for, for, for research to be published in the next two or three years right. to show what it actually does. It's so just, it's going to be, is it just like a big marketing? That's that, that's where it right is. Now oh, yeah, it there's, is. There's so much money to be right made now just is. because of the hype surrounding, not even what it does as much as what it is. 
Does that make yeah. sense? Yes. Like, there's so much more hype about what it is than what it does. Because a lot right. of people are like, CBD, but they don't even know what that means or does. Yeah. You and, know what I mean? And they're writing whatever they want on their bottle to say that it does X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's going to be like Airborne, when Airborne said that it would it's help a multivitamin. you not get sick on a plane. It's vitamin C. And then they had to go back on that because it wasn't actually they proven. They had a big payout. Really? That. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Airborne? Airborne, Airborne. Was, dude, they had millions. Of I used to take out. a ton of that shit. It was a big deal. It, it's a multivitamin. It's still good for you, but it has it's nothing to do It's a bunch of vitamin C. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you're just dumping vitamin C and a couple other B vitamins in your body. If you're interested in being part of that study, that study pays out two hundred dollars, and they're still looking for people. I'm not interested in the payout. I just I, I, I just told you be involved, to be um, before we got on this that the CBD actually I tried it actually made my anxiety worse, which is, interesting. which is interesting. Which is interesting because I don't know, like you when you think CBD. Right, oh, you oh, think okay. of like chill and calm. Oh, you're thinking about pot. Yeah, you think about weed. Yeah, right. You're gonna get that chill feel, but really, is also, that the case? What about what about um placebo? Uh, maybe for you, placebo. And many people, placebo effect. Well, so ninety percent of the stuff they're marketing and selling does nothing to you, but the placebo effect is. I I love Brad, and he says that I could say stuff. You know, I can mention his name. Um. He bought some CBD. Oh, uh, beer. CBD beer, which I wanted to try. I was looking at it. I didn't know anything Did about it. Did you try it? it? Um, they were sold out, but I researched it. It only has 40 milligrams of CBD in yeah. it. That's not going to make anybody calm by anything. You're just. That's crazy. So at that point, was it a placebo effect? Well, I will tell that's you. That's important too. In this study, uh, it's double blind. So meaning the primary uh, investigator does not know if they're getting CBD, placebo, or, or hemp. So there's three different things, okay. and the person doesn't know what they're getting. So that means it's double blind. And I want to so know the researcher doesn't know. So someone, uh, another person who's involved in the study is coming in and giving them either number one, number two, number three. So there is a placebo. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. how blood chemistry, how everything changes from the placebo versus the CBD versus the hemp. Right. And I'm curious, what's the difference between hemp and CBD? On uh, I don't it's think, just a different I, seed, I guess. I don't know. I don't. I don't think or, hemp actually has that CBD molecule in it i could, really? I could be wrong i so don't what i don't the know fuck would the benefit whatsoever of hemp be i don't know because i have hemp oil at home too which i have i've tried the hemp hemp All actually it does is taste like crap and do nothing yeah hemp actually in my, I, 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 I really didn't get anything i, I got nothing the, the got cbd nothing. made me more anxious the only thing that's worked for, for that have you tried gaba well what i scientific- have term for gamma albuteric gaba 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 that oh, stuff works does it? That stuff works. It, one, it helps increase your deep sleep. It helps increase your sleep Actually, cycle. Actually, I take I drink tea There's, that has. Yeah. And you could take it during yeah. the day as a relaxation yeah. uh, uh, method. It is the only thing that I have personally, genuinely noticed results. Oh, from interesting. For for the things that CBD claims right. it does. Yeah. So, and it's not that I could promote it or anything, but in my specific instance and i've been taking different supplements for how many years sure that stuff really makes a difference cell signaling it's about cell signaling acetylcholine right yep yep absolutely absolutely we could go on we could do a whole talk on cbd we could we could nerd out for another hour let me ask you when so when's this big race uh so uh u.s national championships is in milwaukee wisconsin and that's early august okay and then edmonton world championships um is going to be august 19th Oh, so cool. those are so August is July and August are really the big months. July is the uh, club national championships down in New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm gonna do Ironman Connecticut uh, seventy point three, and then uh, when Atlantic is that? City. Be happy That's to support May 31st. you guys. I'll be your woo girl. Yeah, like, come no come come by on the road. Right, and start screening. Um, he's not. He's going oh, up he's to Montreal. Mont- 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 How Mont- far Mont- is the Mont- swim? Um, it's a uh, one point two miles. 
Part I of will me... never do it again. I say never, but I will likely never do it again, and I have zero regrets from doing it because the mental fortitude it took, I have to give everybody so much credit. The mental fortitude it takes far outweighs the yeah. physical oh, abilities so that it takes. Day. It's a long I day. absolutely loved the accomplishment. How, how far is, yeah, how far is the bike ride? 56 miles. Yeah. Part of my craziness wants to do it. No, the bike ride was great. Like, it hurt, but it was great. That run... For oh. me, oh. oh, it's and it's a hilly run over it's there. It's a hilly Quasi run and it's brutal That's and it's hot. Thirteen miles, thirteen point one. Yeah. yeah, it's a little. Um, and it ended on a hill. All it I ended re- on a hill. All I remember is the remember last. Remember the hill that came up yeah. at the end? Oh, it's Ugh. awful! It's awful. The last Blech. six miles of the New York City Marathon was like death. They say after twenty. Yeah. I yeah. and and the worst part about it was you have people that listen. Their hearts in it. They're cheering you. Say you're almost there. You're almost there. You're not. No, almost you're there. not almost. You're fucking not there. almost. Yeah. There. I have six, six more miles. miles. Yeah. I love it. You're so I'm close to done. done. You're not almost done until you see the finish line. You are not almost done. Exactly. You know? Like exactly. That's, that's anything I've oh, ever done. No. Until you see that finish line, you are not almost yeah, done. Yeah. Exactly. Um, listen, Dave. Uh, we we're definitely gonna have you back on. I'd man. love to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talk more science. It's I want to talk science. Uh, I didn't really get into your head. I want to figure out why the fuck you do this every day. Um, but next time. I yeah. think that we need to figure out why any of us do this stuff every That's true. day. I, I think I think it's just it takes an innate part of who we are because and we have a tendency to look upward and that's the other reason we do it. Us, you, all of us, when we're in the gym, we forget our friends here at CrossFit and your friends because you train at such a high level. They're top tier people chasing a higher top yeah, of right. that tier, right? Yeah. We forget all the time to turn around and look back yes. at the people we've left behind us because we're too concerned with moving forward, which is the way it 100%. should be. But we forget that w- we really are the 1% of the 1% because we're too busy looking at who's in front of us, not who's behind us. Yeah. So Definitely. that's that's part of just who we are and, and that's part of why we chase what we're doing because we're growth in this aspect of our life, we're always trying to grow everywhere. Everywhere. So, now, let me ask you, Dave, because um, I, I kind of get this like, I'm old, like uh, kind of what Kevin was talking about. So when you go to the world, ch- is it the world championships in Edmonton? Edmonton, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's your goal? Oh, well, I mean, I'd like to perform stronger than I did last year, and I got 13th last year. So it would be it would be incredible to place top 10. So I you're so be... you're training right now to finish top 10. Yes. Yeah. Um, what happens if you finish top 10? Oh, it's just be a huge achievement. Right. Be awesome. But are you, it's like for me, um, from like, a, let's say a work standpoint, um, I'm in sales, okay? okay. I, I grind, I work very hard at my job, and I won the territory of the year last year. Oh, congratulations. Okay? Thank you. But for me, I got an award, but like, I, for like 10, five seconds, I was like, felt good. Sure. But then I was like, on to the next thing. Ah, you have you, to enjoy you, both. You know what yeah. I mean? You have, to, you have to appreciate and, and relish in that 10 seconds. Because th- that 10 seconds isn't 10 seconds. That 10 seconds is all fucking year. Right. But that's what I'm saying. For me, everyone's like, oh, congratulations, congratulations. Yeah. But like, which is g- great. But like, I put in all the work. You know what I mean? To get to that point. I hear you. I hear you. You know what I mean? Does that make sense from a running standpoint? Yeah, you're it's it's not just the final product, it's the process. It's as the well. process. You're right. It's the process for you. And um, You have to be proud of that process as well. Right. I tell the athletes that all the time. Even if it's not the final outcome you wanted, look how much work and Definitely. effort you put into the process and you should be proud of yourself for that yeah. as well. Um but if you don't finish top ten, do you beat yourself up? No. Okay. No, I told myself that I, I, I did the best I could Good. on that day, 
And uh, I don't need to prove myself every time I go to a race because I've had other races where I've had success. I know what I can do. Yeah. And uh, it just wasn't my day. Yeah. You know, obviously I'll be disappointed. There's certainly disappointment that comes into play there, but um, you can't beat yourself up okay. about it. Yeah. You know? As long as, as long as you know that you put in all the effort. Correct. To get to that point, yeah. and you did the best you could. Sure. Now, if you sat back and said, "Man, I didn't work as hard as I could have," right? You, you don't want to say that. That's the worst. Don't want to say that. That's the worst. If you just have a bad day, listen. Somebody can be better than you. Right. That's fine too. But, but yeah, like, you never want to be just speaking. It's my fault. Speaking to Dave for ninety minutes, he has it structured that he will never put himself in that oh, position. Oh, for sure. That's, that's the finish line at the World Championships last year. And uh, at that point, I was probably running. It doesn't look like it, but I was running sub-six-minute pace. I was running Holy like 5.30s. Shit. And here's a guy from Switzerland, and all I wanted to do was, was catch up to him and beat him. Wow. So at the finish, every last little thing I got, crossed the finish line, and then literally collapsed on the ground, was on the ground for three minutes. That's and how you want to feel. You that's wanna, how you want That's how you're finishing every race. With a minute you, left, how do you pace yourself so that you're crossing that finish line so strong so that at the end of it, you got nothing. And I'm, I'm sure you've probably watched this video many a times. Oh, so many times. And it, it probably... Gives me, it gives it, me goosebumps. Yeah, it probably gives you a lot of motivation. Yeah. Like, to be... Dude, I want to be that, that again. It's not, yeah, it's not oh, it's yeah. that feeling that you chase. Yeah. That feeling. The feeling yeah. of... I've lost more than I've won, but I love it. OCR World Championships, I crossed that finish line. I only took ninth, 11th place, but I'm sitting here as like, there was literally not a single thing else I right. could have done in you the past pushed, year or that day. You couldn't have pushed any further. Yeah, right. it was every single thing. Yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears was right on that Definitely. Field. And that, you know, that's awesome. That, that kind of gives me chills. Um, that's I why, could, and that's why you keep doing it. That's well. That's you a, keep racing that feeling. That's you're, yeah. you're chasing of, of a comp. You know, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's the people um, need more of that shit. By the way, that's why nobody accomplishes anything anymore except for that little top tier we yeah. talk about. Yeah. People get so sedentary that they forget. They don't know what that feels like. Yeah. The second you get a taste of that, no matter who you are, you want more. You fucking love it. Like for me, from a, from a work standpoint. I tasted like the territory of the year. Victory, dude! I want fucking more. Take more of it. You know? I, I say that when people ask about diets and stuff. Yeah. Like diet, that's a, my favorite answer. When like, how do you not do this? How do you not eat pizza? How do you not like? Listen, the only thing that tastes better than pizza on Tuesday night is victory. <laughs> All right. And if you're gonna argue that, you've never won anything worth winning. Right. Ever. Exactly. Exactly. I raced, during the race, there was a guy from Great Britain who fell on his bike and he was all bloody on the side. And we started running together, and he said, how fast are you going to run this uh, six miles? And I said, I think around this pace, he goes, me too, let's go. So we were on each other's shoulders, and he would fall back, and I would turn around, and I started yelling at him. I was like, let's go, get back, get back. And then at some point, I started getting acid reflux, and I actually like heaved on the side. Mm. And I slowed down, and he turned around, and he goes, let's go, let's go. And here's this random guy from Great Britain. We're going back and forth, That's back awesome. and forth, pushing each other. That's so cool. And then I finally, yeah. I felt great, so I just fucking took off, and he couldn't keep up. But, but it, if you it was bad. Did you feel bad about that? No, I didn't, because it, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Yeah. It was, he couldn't keep up, and I had to push got, my yeah. full potential. Yeah. You know? Not only but that, but a if moment he beat like you, that, you would have been the first person to congratulate him at yeah. the finish line. Yeah. That's yeah. how that works. There's no. Oh, yeah, we like, hugged at the finish yeah. line. That's we were so like, cool. thanks for the push, and that's so cool. Having moments like that. Make it worth it. Yeah. Make it worth it to go and push super hard. All Jeff the time. and I, Jeff and I, when we did the Connecticut Ironman, our only goal, we talked, we didn't care about anybody else. We wanted to be, I don't know if we ever told you this. You're gonna, you're, this is gonna blow your mind, specifically, dude. 
We just wanted to beat each other so bad because we were so close to each yeah. other on the swim. Uh, mm-hmm. Or he's faster on the swim, mm-hmm. and I'm faster on the run. But you ready for this? Our bike split time. So we weren't biking next to each other for 56 point whatever miles, 56 something. Yep. Our bike split times to the second were identical. No way. On this really? To the, to the second. That's crazy. I only passed him on the run. So I beat him. We were talking shit for the past six months. I was also the first person to make sure I had a beer for him when he crossed the finish line. Like, I went back and I I, try, I tried to go back and run in with him. Yeah. They wouldn't let me go back past the they finish line. They wouldn't let anyone go but out. But I waited there at the finish line for him to yeah. cross. I didn't care if it was going to be 10 minutes or 10 hours. I would have stayed there. Right. I mean, that's, you know what? I think that's like, sometimes that's really lost in all this, like, competitiveness. Yeah, we're competitive and we want to win. But we also, like, we're competitive in the gym. But, like, and I'll talk shit to Seaman and we'll all talk shit to sure. each other. But at the end of the day, if he beats me or I beat him. High fives, bro. High fucking awesome. five. Because you're happy. They yeah. win. When, when he wins, you win. Yeah. If I'm going to lose, I want it to be to my friends. Yeah. The only time I get mad if some sort of asshole winds up. But the thing is, we surround ourselves with people that aren't assholes. So it's very rare. And assholes on the Well, podium. that's what I'm We talk about this, too. Is, you know, surround yourself with people that want to yeah. see you win. Yes. And, and you- when, they, when they lose right they're patting or when they win yeah and you lose they're saying dude great work yeah congrats and stuff like that. you're at the top tier of the world dave and you could probably speak to this it's very rare you're going to find negative people that high up because if you don't love what you're doing there's no way you can work that hard right it's a good community i gotta say it's a really fun great community um great listen dave appreciate you coming on we're gonna we're gonna do kevin's period right now do it kevin's yeah yeah (laughs) that's fine Kevin's period is it's nothing to do with what we talked about today but we touched on for a second about music right yeah just uh, uh, and this is gonna be we're gonna end this with something that I want to be a conversation for the next time cool um, every person in the world at some point has fought a mental battle and they've usually fought it within themselves mm-hmm. and when doing so in order to find comfort solace they usually turn to music because music is one of those things in this world unlike tv friends anything that can be relatable Mm -hmm. they want something or someone that they had that they know has felt the feeling they're feeling before because it's inner turmoil right and they turn to music to do it and music could be such a powerful force Mm -hmm. now i listen to a bunch of different genres of music one person stands out uh, along the lines of relatability Mm -hmm. for me and for anybody that's ever had a mental battle, even if you're not dealing with it now, I want you to, right after this podcast, in this end, turn on or, or YouTube the artist NF. Whether or not you like rap music, doesn't matter. I want you to listen to the lyrical talent, not the style of music. And, and what is that, NF? And NF, but I want you to listen to two specific songs. One is Mansion, and the other is Remember This. And instead of coming out with a, a forethought, for the end, I want to read the end of the lyrics for one of his songs, just to show that there's relatability out there, that you're not the only person, right. and and how it can speak to the internal turmoils people have. Now, these are his lyrics and his words, mm-hmm. not mine, but it's, I look at the world from a different angle. People change, even Satan used to be an angel. Think twice before you're biting the hand that made you. Don't believe what you believe just because that's how they raised you. Think your own thoughts. Don't let them do it for you. Say what you, excuse me, say what you drink. Don't wait for people to pour it for you. Cut out the lies. Stay close to the people you know are loyal. Grab your own glass and fill it. Don't let your fear destroy you. Awesome. 
even in the, what he's speaking to specifically is even in the midst of your own turmoil, you still have the right and ability to change your path, but you have to be the person that chooses to do so. It's not going to be easy. It might be the hardest thing you ever did, and you're going to have to face fear to do it. Mm -hmm. And you might need to look outward to others to help you. But just remember, you have that right and ability. Awesome. Dude, that's really powerful. I don't. I have nothing to say. Drop the mic. Boom. Bop. Mic dropped. And I want you to listen to those two songs. I'll listen to them, too. Uh, drop the mic. Guys, uh, Seaman, that was really good. Thank you. Um, Dave, thanks again, man. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, no, we're going to have you back. We're going to have you back. I'd love to talk about more stuff. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm thinking about doing that, that race. Uh, the no, we're going to do Hopkins. We're going to get a group together from CrossFit Danbury because I've already spoke to a bunch of people that go with I, us. I think OG is going to do it. a great race. Yeah, uh, it Especially is. because you get wine and food yeah. at the finish line. They have live music. It's a great atmosphere. Yeah. It's very fun. And we all um, we all go up to Lake Warmog on Sundays. So it's kind of a hometown race for yeah, us. Yeah, definitely. So a, a bunch of the people that we have that have learned how to swim because of our Sunday workouts with the gym are going to participate in the race. So I will organize that myself. It's already planned. Once we're done with the OCR on, on May, in mm -hmm. May, and then our event in May, yeah. that's going to be the next thing on the list. Cool. Good. So Great there'll stuff. be more of that coming up after May is done. Yeah. All right, guys. Listen, appreciate you, Dave. Uh, Seaman, as always. Um, thank you, guys. And remember, uh, have a great week. And we are on all major podcast platforms. Right. Talk to you guys soon. Peace out. See you. Bye.